0: Bye, <laughs> bye, Welcome to the 52nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eadie, and alongside me, I have my co-host, and just one of the Shreks, Adrian Pinter.
1: How does it go, my good sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. We've been at this for a whole year.
0: We have. It's incredible. 52 weeks in a row. That's pretty good. It's much better than our, we had two other podcasts and we hadn't made it to 52 episodes. Why are we talking
1: about our failures? This is our first podcast. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. This
0: is, no, what am I talking about? Yeah, no, of course. This is our first podcast and it's such a success. It's Mm. such a success. Wow. Incredible.
1: How do you feel about it?
0: I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Do you want to keep going? Uh, So far, yeah. Do you want to keep going? Yeah, so far, yeah. That's great. That's great to hear. How was your week? How was
1: your week? Mm, It was was all right, man. I I booked my second dose for the vaccine tomorrow, actually. Me too. Oh, when are you getting it? Oh, you booked it tomorrow? Yeah, I'm I'm going June 27th. So I guess the day before this uh, episode posts. I see. Mm -hmm. I see. So you
0: booked it tomorrow. Now I'm confused on the timeline. So when is the vaccine happening?
1: Tomorrow. I booked it for tomorrow. You know what I mean. good grammar. Good. Shut up. God, you're so annoying. (laughs) For fuck's sakes. When did you book it for? (laughs) Uh, The 29th.
0: Tuesday. Tuesday, the 29th. Yeah. So the day after this airs, because our episodes, of course, air on Mondays, and we record this on Saturdays.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's exciting stuff, dude. I'm going to wait two weeks as uh, as you, you should for it to take into effect fully. And then I'm just going to start living my life normally again. As normally as I can, I guess I should say. While also wearing a mask in the mandatory places, I assume. No, I'm going to walk in and be like, don't worry, I'm vaccinated. And keep on walking through. Yeah, you're going to be one of those people. What the? I'm what? vaccinated. I'm going to throw the, my vaccine card at people. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm going to still wear a mask. I don't want to. But I'm going to. I'm so fucking sick of these masks, man. Yeah, yeah. But hey, I'll tough it out for everyone else. If it makes other people feel comfortable, who cares? I don't really, I don't, I don't mind. Even though I'm not contagious no more. Neither do I mind. I may
0: be immune, but other people don't know that. Yeah. Regardless. Regardless. It is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. We're going to probably get sick, I'm guessing, because I think a lot of people get sick, like they get like these cold symptoms, you know, mm-hmm. the chills when they get the second dose, more so than they do on the first dose, which is kind of unfortunate. But if it has to be done, it has to be done.
1: Yeah, I- I've heard the same thing. My mom actually got hers this morning. She just drove Ooh. to a pharmacy and just asked. And they're like, yeah, we can do the second dose right now. And she just got it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, she seems to be doing fine so far. She, again, it's been... Um, maybe-ish, 12-ish hours. Less than, let's say 10 hours. She seems to be fine, but we'll see, I guess, tomorrow how she feels.
0: Okay, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Tell me, Adrian,
0: tell me. Have you seen all the hype behind Netflix's upcoming show, Sexy Beasts? Simon Edie, I have. <laughs> this show looks so good. So good. Also, applaud me for my incredible, incredible segue. That was so smooth, wasn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. It
0: was (laughs) applause. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's 52 episodes of practice right there.
1: Anyway, yeah, yeah, Sexy Beast looks ridiculous. That's the new Netflix dating show coming out, which is people going on blind dates. But it's truly like a blind date because you don't see the other person for who they really. Sorry, you don't actually see their faces because everyone has intense prosthetics on their face, whether it be like some weird furry shit or, you know, like a devil face it it looks whack and i'm super into this i feel like it's going to be a really funny show and i'm kind of excited to watch it i'll be honest with you it's such a ridiculous idea and you know i guess the whole point is to have these people fall in love with each other based on their personalities and not their looks right yeah it's pretty odd It's a little dumb but yeah I'm all
0: in. It, oh, it, are you saying it's dumb to fall in love with somebody b- based on their personality in general? Or, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I guess you're entitled to your opinion. But th- the prosthetics are ridiculous. Did you, I'm, sh- I'm assuming you watched the trailer. I did
1: indeed. Yeah, they're like very high quality aesthetic. Uh, sorry, prosthetics. Um, if you like look, it might be up Ken's alley. Yeah, I feel like Ken would like it. I'm curious to see what Ken thinks. Ken, if you're listening as you, as I hope you still do for the
0: rest of the listeners out there, Kenneth Staddlebauer being the, you know, friend of the show, friend of split focus
1: podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Watch the trailer for sexy beast. That's going on Netflix and let us know what you think about the prosthetics and stuff. I I, I would like your insight, uh, Ken, cause you definitely know a lot more about this stuff than we do to me. Um, as a layman, uh, I think it looks awesome. I think the prosthetics look really great. And I think this premise is just so funny and it, it I'm curious how how the show is actually going to be. Uh, I mentioned earlier this year that you know I was playing. Uh, sorry, I watched uh, another reality show. It's not a dating show, but it's still a reality show. The Circle, and I can kind of understand the appeal of these ridiculous sort of premises. And I don't know, they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. They're mindless. You just kind of put it on. You do whatever you want, and you watch this stupid shit go on. So I don't know. I'm all in on this. I think it looks uh, ridiculous. It certainly looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It
0: does. It's narrated by Rob Delaney of Deadpool and Twitter fame.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is uh, pretty cool. Pretty just cute. The,
0: the photos, if you just look through the photos, like the, the promo, the promotional photos for this, it's just, oh man, wow. Anyway, yeah. This is
1: like a furry's dream.
0: I was going to say that, but I was waiting for you to say it first. I thought that was uh, you know more up your, your
1: alley. Yeah, if you're a furry, I'll be honest, there's something seriously wrong with you. I'm just gonna Whoa. put it out there. Whoa, <laughs> I'm putting it out there. I I think you're should be able to make fun of furries. They are people that dress up as animals and bang each other. If you can't make fun of that, what can you make fun of, Simon?
0: Okay, okay, you can make fun of it. Don't say there's something wrong with them. That's that's a little aggressive. Let's we're you're all welcome. Everyone's welcome here to watch this show, except for oh. perhaps murderers and rapists and thieves.
1: Yeah, the yeah. Those guys are. Out. Yeah, I'm not saying that they can't watch the show. You're more than welcome to watch or listen to the show, furries. I just think there's something wrong with you. Okay,
0: all right. Is that all fair? Right. Is that fair? Uh, sh- sure. Let's move on to some. Uh, let's move on to some show corrections, shall we? Yeah, sure, man. So every week we look back at our previous episodes and we find the mistakes we've made and we correct them and clarify them just to make sure that we're, we're an accurate representation of the, the TV and film industry in our, in our news stories, as an example. Last week, we talked about that Flash movie directed by IT director Andy Muschietti. Do you remember this, Adrian? Do you remember? I did indeed, my friend. Excellent. And we specifically mentioned that there was a promotional photo that Andy Muschietti posted on Instagram of a super, that's the super symbol. It was a super, it could have been Superman, but it was definitely, it was definitely Supergirl for a couple reasons. But if you looked closely, I mean, I think it was a silly mistake, arguably. I don't know if you looked at it again since we last discussed this specifically, but also we actually announced that actress uh, Sasha Cali was cast as Supergirl some time ago. I think it was in our montage segment.
1: Yeah. Was it for this movie specifically or was it for like a standalone movie? I can't recall. I'll be honest with you. It was this
0: movie specifically. Yeah, she was mm. cast in the Flash movie first before. If she's going to get her a standalone movie for Supergirl, uh, that hasn't been announced. I don't believe so. Anyway, I could be wrong about that. And then that's another correction for next week. But other than that, um, yeah, so she was cast. But it's it's kind of obvious that it's a Supergirl emblem if you
1: look at the – the photo more closely. I feel like, but anyway, it's a little bit of a foolish mistake on our part, but Hey man, mistakes happen. And uh, as long as we own up to them,
0: it's okay. That's all that matters. Yeah. I should also mention that I don't believe Superman will be in this movie at all. I think that's one of the heroes that we'll be missing, especially with all the turmoil with Henry Cavill, not having a contract. And then they're probably recasting Superman. And is that Superman going to be even a part of this new Mm -hmm. DCEU? Uh, Who knows? Unknown completely uh, up in the air at the moment, I think. Yeah, well, I guess we'll just have to wait to find out, my friend. Okay, well, let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to at gmail.com. And Split Focus one-year contributor Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us once again, and he said, fellow denizens of Puerto I definitely think... Disney released the statement of a gay character being added to the live-action Beauty and the Beast to generate buzz. The only problem is that most people think that was LeFou. But he really didn't change that much from the 1991 animated film. The new gay character was Gaston's henchman that beamed when the wardrobe Madame Garderobe dressed him fabulously. That being said, if Disney really wants to present itself as an ally to the LGBTQ2S plus community... They should cast a member as a positive principal character and not a bit role for comic relief or a villain. Speaking of villains, in a previous podcast, concern was expressed that Cruella would try to turn the classic Disney villain into a sympathetic character like Maleficent. While the movie does tell a tragic backstory, Cruella has shown to always have a sinister side. The movie is more akin to Joker meets The Devil Wears Prada. Signed, Kenneth, and a quote here, LeFou is somebody who on one day wants to be Gaston and on on another day wants to kiss Gaston. He's confused about what he wants. A quote by Bill Condon, who's actually specifically the director, by the way, for Beauty and the Beast, the live-action Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson and Josh Gad, who plays LeFou. And Hmm. I would like to just draw our attention right away to maybe a contradiction. That quote was... In the lead-up to the film *Beauty and the Beast*, when LeFou was announced as the as a gay character in that movie, so I'm confused. Is he saying that LeFou is not supposed to be gay?
1: I think he's saying that LeFou is like the same character from the animated film, and he was gay back then too. It just wasn't there wasn't a highlight on it. Uh, I think Ken's more so referring to that there was an additional gay character added. Oh, uh, maybe that's.
0: They, they- announced this like the hollywood reporter reported on it a bunch of places i was looking into it and they had reported on it previously just like previous to the launch of the beauty and the beast live action movie mm-hmm. so i think that that was a lot of the buzz for that gay character i don't maybe there was confusion around that but i'm pretty sure they were pointing that out and josh gad was saying i'm proud to take them this mantle i i was I, again i'm fairly certain that was a part of the the story there mm-hmm. but uh yeah, I don't know. I, there was that moment as well. I, from my understanding, uh, Ken told me that in person, and I, I'm, I'm assuming you you watched the the movie. You, you remember that mm-hmm. wardrobe dressing situation?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I do indeed remember that scene, my friend. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, Cruella. We did talk about Cruella, and we thought that it was going to be ridiculous, and a in a peta, peta, a peta a peta a peta Uh a peta a, peta, a peta nightmare in some way. And that a peta pit nightmare. And that uh, a Peter Pitt nightmare and that Cruella is really, you know, she kills Dalmatians for a living. That's her literal, her, her literal calling. And mm. so we thought there was going to be quite controversial to have that villain sympathized with in any capacity. But the movie is over 70 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. People like the movie. At least it seems like I, I think it's actually quite high in terms of a user score, like or not user score, but viewership score as well on Rotten Tomatoes. But mm. the critic score is 70 plus, 70 plus on Rotten Tomatoes. So again, it seems to be well regarded. I did get the the impression, especially because Emma Stone is literally in Devil Wears Prada, that it was going to be similar to Devil Wears Prada based on the trailer. That is something that I kind of felt was the case. Well, you never said it. I know. So how would we have known? I know. So now it just looks like I'm taking credit for something that Ken's saying. And no, no, I'm going to backtrack here. No, Ken makes a good point. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's Joker, as in the Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, uh, meets Devil Wears Prada. Isn't it Joaquin? No, I don't believe so. Nope. I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty sure it's Joaquin. Yeah.
1: Speaking of Pita Pit, real quick. I um, Back in the day, I used to get the barbecue rib pita from Pita Pit. And oh. I went to okay. Pita Pit last week, and they don't have that anymore. Hmm. Yeah. So I got, I think the there's like a beef brisket one that i got it's pretty good pretty good not bad hold on maybe the one you went to didn't have that maybe they
0: they have it in other places like it's like a specialty item at specific pita pits well yeah they can just choose maybe to to either support that or not hmm. i don't know isn't that possible they're like ah it's, we don't want to do this there was actually have you ever been to south street burger company i have once did you like it it was fine Oh, okay. You just it was just fine. <clears throat> See, I find that that one, I'm pretty sure that's a franchise, as we, yep. you know, had a long conversation one episode about the difference between fr-
1: a franchise and a chain.
0: Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, that was a very important conversation on this mm-hmm. film and TV podcast that we had. But regardless, um, I'm pretty sure it's a franchise. And one time I went to one I don't did you have the onion rings? That was, was gonna be my follow up
1: question. Probably. I don't remember um all, all okay. too well. I just remember okay. like I mean, if I go once and I never go again then chances are I had like maybe an okay at best experience. You know what I mean? I see. I see. I used to love that place for one specific
0: thing. I did like the burgers. I thought they were pretty great. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was one other thing and it was the onion rings. The onion rings are quite good at South Street Burger Company or I should say the one location that I had gone to. But then (gasps) I traveled to another location. Actually, it was near Canada's Wonderland in Vaughan, Ontario because we're Canadian just in case – your listeners that are just chiming in to our 52nd episode and haven't listened to any other episodes. We are Canadian. And so Canada's Wonderland, uh, there's like a South Street Burger Company, not in the park, but next to it. I went there and I'm like, Do you have onion rings? And they're like, no. And I'm like, what do you mean? I was confused. Because mm. it is, in my opinion, the best thing that they sell. So it's strange. But uh, Yeah. I did find that odd. Yeah. And I don't know why I brought this up. Oh, right. Because of your you're, you're pita pit. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. There's like, it's possible that maybe one of these, they, they're able to just choose what they serve. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't want to have the short rib sandwich or whatever the heck
1: you just said. Uh, the, the barbecue pork rib, barbecue rib. Right. I doubt it's even real pork, honestly. But whatever, who cares? Tastes good. Um, speaking of cool. onion rings real quick, just a quick segue. I don't want to go too long on the food. It's been a while since we talked about food, though. And you know I have a passion. I know. What's
0: happening to you, Adrian? What's ha- I know you do. I know you have a passion for it. What? Why haven't you talked about food?
1: I feel like I was bogging down the show. You know what I mean? I didn't oh. want to spend too much time on it. We had, a, we had a debate about east sides for about four weeks, and I thought – you know, maybe that's enough for food for the next little bit. But um, I don't disagree, but continue. You know what place has my favorite onion rings?
0: Uh, n- no. You don't? Um. Oh, maybe the works. Yeah,
1: it is the works. I knew you knew it. Deep inside, I knew you knew it. I love I, well, the Well, it works. had to be from deep inside because we don't talk
0: outside this podcast, and we never talked about that on the podcast. So how else would I have known?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe I pushed it. Uh, Facebook status about it. I don't know. I don't think I ever did. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I just love the onion rings at um at the works. They're just like these nice, super crispy. It's like not beer uh, beer batter. It's like breaded, like a nice, like crisp breaded onion ring. And then they got their awesome sauce. I forget what the with what, what the what the sauce is called, but it's a really good sauce. It's the one they just serve with the onion rings naturally. I think. Mm. So good. Mm. I love the word. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah, that's it. I was at Jersey Mike's today. I goddamn love Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's is like the best sub place you can go. Like It's so good. It is really good. They Yeah, the, the fact that they cut their, their beef,
0: their chicken, like with a slicer in front of you before they serve it to mm-hmm. you on that sub. It's just so good. The number yeah. nine at Jersey Mike's. That's what I had today. If you had the chance, listener. The number nine, yeah. If you have the chance, listener, to go to Jersey Mike's at some point, if you like sub sandwiches at all, you'll never go to Subway again. Actually, you probably will because Subway's half the price, but you won't like Subway as much, I feel Subway's like.
1: Subway's also a quarter of the flavor. Hmm. Half the price, hmm. but a quarter of the flavor, man.
0: Half the price, but a quarter of the flavor. That's that's, hmm. that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Speaking of the works, actually, just briefly one more time, they have something called... Uh, wrecking balls, very good there as well. Yeah, we're, I, we're all over the place with food, not talking about film yeah. and TV at all. But speaking of balls, <laughs> <laughs> in regards to our discussion about soccer versus football last week, my brother Oliver wrote into us and he said, Hello, games involving people kicking and or throwing a ball are countless and hail from many countries dating back thousands of years. In England, in the 1800s, there was an attempt to standardize the many varieties of ball games, colloquially known as football. Two competing rule sets were created for football. One rule set was called association football, and the other, rugby football. As happens, people tend to create slang for overly long names. In the case of association football, some people shortened the name to just football. Others called it association rules, then just ASOC rules, then to just ASOC, then eventually it got called SOC, then... <gasps> Soccer. The same happened with rugby football. Some people called it rugby, others called it just football, others called it ruggers. For a long time in England, people used all the names association rules, ASOC, football, soccer, rugby, ruggers, and others as well. Slang for these games spread to other English-speaking countries. In America, the most popular slang was soccer for association football and football for rugby football. Eventually, People took the existing football rules, remember they called rugby football just football, and created a new game called American Football. It superseded both of the other games in popularity. In England, ruggers and soccer fell out of use, and the slang football and rugby became almost universally used. Association football rules are the ones used today in FIFA and other leagues. Rugby football rules are used today by the Rugby Football League, the official Rugby League in England, and other leagues. Until next time, Oliver. Wow.
1: I love learning about the etymology of words.
0: Indeed. Well, we made fun of the fact last week that, of course, Americans had to create their own football Mm -hmm. that also has nothing to do with feet, really. I mean, you run on a field, but they barely kick the ball at all. I mean, you do, but it's it's, it's not. You kick it once. It's not the majority of the game twice. in any capacity, so I always thought that a little ridiculous. I, I don't know. I still feel like it's a little pretentious that yeah. to not just come together as a as a as a world and just call you know something the same thing. Like I think that soccer should should just be called football. Yeah, and then you could create another name for carrying that weird ball that's kind of shaped like mm-hmm. a certain animated animated character's head. Hey, Arnold's said Arnold from Hey Arnold. It's correct. That's correct. That's who yes. you're referring to. Indeed. Thank yeah. you for really explaining that to the audience.
1: Yeah. Well, Simon, I mean, like the world can't agree on uh, like anything realistically. Yeah. I know. So except for, you know, y- you know, the whole the whole COVID vaccine conspiracy putting microchips in us. The entire every world government is trying to, you know, poison us at the same time. They agree on that. Uh but they don't agree on anything else.
0: Yeah, I don't I'm not sure that's true. I don't mm. are You sure about that? Sure Wait, about that? did you did you willingly get a vaccine knowing that you were being microchipped? Mm-hmm. Oh, you wanted to be microchipped. Dude, it, the closer I get to an Android, the better. I see. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Anyway, thank you, Oliver. I appreciate you and I appreciate this email. I appreciate you going through the history here. My brother actually majored in history in university, and I feel like not that this is directly connected, but I feel like that could be why he went into so much detail. I wonder if he just knew this information and just wrote this out based on the, the terms here. Like We gave him his moment. We gave him his moment. He rules. <laughs> he's like, I always wanted to explain this to somebody on a, like a, a famous podcast. And so now I get to reach out and uh, send an email off so that they feature it on their show.
1: Yeah, he's probably so stoked considering we're the second most popular podcast in New Zealand. Like a yeah, I know. He's not from New
0: Zealand, but exactly. Yeah. I know. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. No, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Already. Well, Adrian, I think we should talk about what we've been watching this week. I think it's time. I think it's time. I think we're at that moment in this episode, in episode 52, the 52nd episode, the 52nd week in a row that we're doing this podcast. I think it's time Do you tell me what you've been watching this week.
1: Well, Simon, let me tell you what I've been watching. Last week, I made a commitment to watch, at the very least, one episode of Mythic Quest. And um, I did. I watched actually two episodes. And um, I thought it was pretty good. I'll be honest. It didn't get its hooks in me right off the bat. But to be fair, a lot of these workplace comedy shows take some time to grow, take some time to, you know, get get their hooks in the viewer. You know, I think of Office, um, Parks and Rec even, even Brooklyn Nine-Nine to a certain extent. I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine had a much stronger start than those two other shows. But uh, it it takes some time to get used to it. And I think Mythic Quest is, um, in my opinion, I guess – suffering the same fate as, as those shows for me at least. Um, but I enjoyed what I watched enough. Uh, like I do want to go back and keep on watching it. Um, I think the characters are interesting enough, but I don't really love any of them yet. Um, and again, like I mentioned, like it, I'm sure it'll grow on me the more I watch it. And, uh, I'll continue watching it, but yeah, all in all, like I don't have too much to say about it. I think it's pretty good. And like, it's, it's fine in my opinion, these first two episodes. And I, I do like how they talk about the video game industry just because of how much, of I how much I love it. And it's cool to see these Ubisoft properties, you know, In the game while they're making this crazy MMO, Um, just real quick, the premise of the show is a workplace comedy, but it takes place at a video game studio with a very egotistical um, game director, I guess, uh, who's making a MMO RPG. And uh, the first episode starts with them about to launch a expansion to their MMO. And uh, again, I, I, I thought it was interesting. It's cool to see that back end sort of stuff and see these characters kind of having a meltdown and having these disagreements. And, you know, it's cool to see like uh, this like executive producer of the studio who has to make sure that the timeline is met. However, he has like no backbone. I, 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 I like these little quirks that each character has. And I, again, I know that it's going to grow on me. Uh, my favorite character, actually, in those first two episodes, this is little kid. He's like a famous streamer, and yeah, he's just such a booty shoe, <laughs> yeah, booty shoe, and it's just like it's so cringy he's just such a dick. And I don't know, like I've, I, those were the scenes I probably laughed at the most because, you know, there are actual streamers like that and people watch that shit. And, uh, I cannot wrap my head around it. I just find it hilarious. Is this part where his like mom comes into the room and he just reams out his mom. And then his mom leaves like, Hey guys, I'm back. Don't worry. I love my mom. <laughs> and then I just like geeked out. Um, so there's a couple of good jokes and yeah, I'm, I'm going to continue watching. And I, I, I'll let you know what I think about it once I catch up and and finish it up. Um, Did you watch any more of it? I did. I'm Mm -hmm. on – I'm midway through – maybe not midway,
0: but I think I'm two episodes into season two. It's actually – I find that – I agree with you. These workplace comedies typically don't grab – like they don't really really hook that hard in the very beginning. Even Ted Lasso is really very much a workplace comedy, and honestly, it didn't hook me in the first episode. Mm -hmm. I just – I like that show a lot. It's incredible. And I just think that it wasn't that uh, persuasive right from mm-hmm. the get-go. I think as you watch Mythic Quest, especially because of your love of video games, Adrian, I think you'll like it more and more, especially after you pass season five. Sorry, episode five, you mean? Sorry, what the heck did I say? Season five. Yeah, I'm losing my mind. I have a headache, by the way. I'm just going to say that. I should have said that maybe out of the mm. out of the gate. Because if I'm like, you know... Uh, Going in and out of consciousness, I apologize. I apologize. Mm This is a bad headache. I'm drinking water to to soothe it, but let me kiss it better. It's not ideal. We're not in the same room. (laughs) We're following uh, COVID guidelines, just so we're clear, listener. And if you're a COVID denier, we're not following COVID guidelines. Adrian's right beside me, just so (laughs) we grab all members of our audience Mm -hmm. right with one one sentence anyway. Um, but yeah, no mythic quest it ends. And then there's two episodes actually in between season two that actually aired last year that were COVID centric. There's one absolutely incredible episode and it's the, again, an episode that airs in between and it's called quarantine and it's all based on zoom calling. It is absolutely amazing. I mm. have to say, I could not believe it. The finale of this season, like the the season you're on now, is also very good as well. I feel like this show just keeps getting better and better uh, post-episode 5. And as you learn to love these characters and uh, all their quirks, there's just not enough screen time out of the gate with these workplace comedies because they try to introduce so many characters. I think that's the reasoning why... We just don't love parks and rec necessarily right away, or we don't love the office right away. Typically it's just because we didn't really have any time to really get to know the characters. Cause there's enough characters that it's, you know, it's, it's daunting right, right from the get go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You feel that?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Um, cause yeah, th- there's just a whole hodgepodge of characters with their own unique personalities. And it takes time to get to know them. Hell, I mean like bringing up parks and rec, like Andy, uh, played by Chris Pratt uh, sorry Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec is a totally different character in that first season comparatively to like season 2 and on I would argue um
0: it was kind of his breakout role to be honest like Chris Pratt's yeah so like I think that he just came into his own as he continued on I think his confidence kind of was showing mm-hmm. as they as they kept going through the seasons yeah
1: because he kind of like starts off as a very unlikable assholeish character and then becomes the most lovable dopey dude on the show. So
0: yeah, yeah it's incredible that he was still on the show mm-hmm. almost because of what happens after like a certain point. I think it was maybe midway through season two. So it's it's kind of interesting that that he was kept on at all. Yeah, because he was. Yeah, he was a he was a, a bit of a dick.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Cool um yeah that's really all i got to say about uh, mythic quest uh, what else have you watched my friend um i think it's almost fitting because we're doing episode 52
0: to talk about the things we're excited for actually uh coming up because there were so many trailers that were pretty great released this week um one of which was suicide squad another was netflix's the harder they fall oh, and yeah. they also talked about shang chi uh, where they where they had the second trailer for Shang Chi as well. Marvel released that. Yeah. Sorry, I almost. It made it, I just made it sound like Netflix released that. No, yeah. Marvel released the Shang Chi trailer like a secondary, which kind of gave us more of a perspective as to what Shang Chi would be like when it finally releases in September. Yeah, uh, let's start with Suicide Squad first, I guess. Um, what did you think of the second trailer?
1: I thought this trailer is super cool. Actually, um, the more I see of this movie, the more excited I am the one kind of negative I would say about like getting this much shown to us for a movie that is hyping up uh, like how many people are going to die. I can quite accurately say like who I, I would, who I know is going to die. Yeah. I had this, uh, I
0: had this conversation with Kenneth Saddlebauer actually. We, we did have a short conversation in passing at work about who we thought was going to die. Are you going to, are you going to share?
1: Um, well, I know Pete Davidson's character is going to die. I think Weasel's going to die. I think yeah. I think a lot of the freaking characters are going to die. Like the people. I think I'm, Nathan
0: Fillion's character dies too.
1: Like yeah, TDK. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think. I honestly think the vast majority of the characters are going to die. The the only people that I'm kind of like, oh, maybe not is, uh, well, Idris Elba's character, at least not at the beginning. He seems to be.
0: I think he dies at the end, maybe. Yeah. Actually, he, I actually have this prediction that he might die by the end. He mm-hmm. seems like a focus
1: of the story. Yeah. He seems like the main character. It's, I don't know if you picked up on it, but there's a little reference in the trailer where he mentions that he shot Superman.
0: Yes. Yes, I did pick up on that the yeah. second time I watched that trailer. This trailer was almost better than the first, to be honest. I agree with
1: you. I agree completely. And uh, I don't know. I just don't want to see any more of this movie. I, I, I almost regret watching that trailer because it's like I'm sold on the movie already. I know I'm going to watch it. I, I assume I'm going to like it. And uh, yeah, just watching it this close to when the movie releases, uh, I just, I'm just i just going to expect everyone die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like I don't think... I think King Shark is probably safe as well, at least for quite a bit of the movie. Me too. Um, I agree. Just because he just seems... I think the
0: whole thing. I think he survives. Yeah. Because I think that if they have plans for a sequel, I think
1: he's a big part of the sequel. Yeah, he just seems too adorable (laughs) as well to kill off. Like, he seems like he's going to be a fan favorite. He's this big shark that seems like a really polite (laughs) like monster, I guess. He'll still kill people and eat them. He kind
0: of seems hard to kill, though, as well. He's, yeah. a, he's a land shark who doesn't seem like... He's,
1: like, massive. He's, like, eight feet tall,
0: isn't he? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so. he's huge. So, I don't know. I feel like... Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit... Dis- like, I like the trailer. I think the trailer's really good. But if I could go back in time and not watch it, I probably would. I wonder... James Gunn
0: does some... I think he plans to do unexpected things. I think he's teasing this these trailers very deliberately. And I don't know if he's really... Based on, like for instance, trailers for Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Two, I don't think he really revealed too much. I didn't know that much about the movie going in. I didn't understand, uh, like for instance, Kurt Russell's his role that much. And as a celestial, as an example for Guardians of the Galaxy Two, just watching the trailer. So I think I think we're safe. Arguably, he's you know this isn't one of those trailers that's revealing the entire story. I don't think, mm-hmm. but it seems like we can guess it. But maybe we're gonna be. Shocked.
1: I would love to be. I would love to be, and I'm hoping comes out early August. So I'm I'm really hoping that we get and watch this in the theaters as well.
0: Me too. It, it might be just the cusp of when Ontario goes into like step three or whatever, yeah. where theaters can open. Step three, but it's really step four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's called a step, which is just seems so childish. But anyway, or is it at phase? Didn't they call it phase? No. They, oh. No phases were before, and then they started calling them steps. Jesus Christ! I'm fairly certain. I mean, correct me on that, listener. If if you see something different, if you if you're you know got lots of knowledge, I'm,
1: honestly, just don't know. You know what? Don't correct it. I'm so sick of this shit. I just want to go to the movie theaters. Look,
0: <laughs> I'm not so sick funny. of listeners writing into us. So if the <laughs> listener wants to write into us about anything, I'm good with it. That's all I'm saying. Well, not about okay. anything. I don't want to hate speech. <laughs> and if you could, you know. If you could, you know, do like, do like uh, Ken and my brother, just, you know, tidy up the, tidy up the grammar if, you, if you're right into us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, I'm not naming any names. Eric. Well, I said I'm not naming any <laughs> names. Excuse me. It's rude, Adrian. That's rude. Anyway, um, uh, was that mean to Eric? I'm sorry, Eric, in advance. But when we get to your email, I feel like the listener will understand what we're saying. Um, <laughs> next trailer I watched which I I think this might be the best trailer of the three here. The harder they fall. I'm so excited for this movie. I was excited for it when uh, Netflix showed that sizzle reel. I didn't know that this movie was coming out. It's this Mm -hmm. uh, Western film with Regina King. And again, speaking of Idris Elba, Idris Elba, which I Mm -hmm. I don't remember. I think I must have known that he was in this movie. But the reveal in the trailer was like epic. I don't know. There was something about it. I really like this and
1: I'm very excited for this. Me too, man. This the, the trailer looks so cool, and I don't know, both you and I, we really love, I mean, I know it's my favorite game. I'm pretty certain it is your favorite game. Red Dead Redemption 2 is our favorite video game of all time, and it's an amazing, like, you know, Western sort of game. And that's really where I think I fell in love with Westerns, but I haven't really gone back to watch Western movies. So this just made it feel like badass cowboys in the West, just shooting people up, robbing trains and shit. And I'm all into this. I feel like this is gonna be a really fun watch. And of course, you know, they're they're doing some social commentary, like all the all the all the um I guess the the, the group of bandits, the group of cowboys slash cowgirls in um this group are all, you know, black people. Uh and I'm sure like they're gonna to touch on that. Which considering that I mean, we've
0: got racism today, but I feel like back then back it was then. even worse. And I mean, mm-hmm. the trailer starts with that shot of Regina King. Like basically they were going to call her the N word and she just like blew the guy away, which was so satisfying. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. Like yeah.
1: I, I'm, I'm super into this. I do agree with you. It was definitely the, my favorite trailer out of uh, the three I watched this week. And I don't know, this looks like it's going to be awesome. Like I'm just, I'm fully sold on this. I don't need to see any more um and i think i think they're gonna knock it out of the park on this one at the very least i hope it's gonna be good um maybe not great but this trailer makes it look like it's gonna be a freaking ride yeah i agree Mm
0: -hmm. i'm excited i'm excited for this one all right third trailer on the list shang chi shang chi what did you think of the shang chi trailer i've got some thoughts about it i've got some thoughts
1: me too uh this was easily my least favorite trailer Ooh, um, okay. of the week. I did not like it really Ooh, you didn't like um, it. for a, for a couple of reasons. I, I feel like that first trailer where it was setting up some stuff and it, it just seemed different in comparison to other Marvel movies. And it felt like it had its own similar look and feel. And I feel like this trailer didn't as much, um, in my personal opinion, it also reveals a couple of things that I did not want revealed. Okay. At all. I see. Um, most most notably, at the end of the trailer, there's a huge reveal of Abomination being in this movie from the Incredible Hulk. And potentially Wong fighting him, theoretically. Yeah. So I, I saw that and I was like, God damn it. Like, I don't. I feel like Marvel regularly does a very good job at hiding stuff. Well, there's um, the only or- to this. There's got to be more to it. I- I'm sh- I'm sure there is, but I feel like they do a really good job of hiding these like big pops, these big surprises. The only other trailer I feel like kind of uh, didn't do a good job is that is that oddly enough, Thor Ragnarok, where they made the reveal of you know uh, Hulk being in that movie. I kind of wish I didn't know that going in. Well, we um, knew
0: it though because it was it was, there was buzz around that for months. I think. Yeah, it was rumored, but
1: I, I would have liked to see it, you know, just fresh, like in the movie.
0: I think because they knew that it was leaked. I think it's because they mm. knew that it was leaked already. Like Mark Ruffalo is notoriously bad at keeping secret, secrets, and I'm fairly certain that that... Yeah, he's like an older Tom Holland. <laughs> Basically. I think he had leaked that himself, and I think that that's the reason they're like, okay, screw it. Let's just generate yeah. the hype that we know that this movie's is over-degenerating here.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. This, uh... Yeah, I, d- I didn't love this trailer. Like, I- I'm still excited for the movie. Like, I- I'm definitely going to watch it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I just wish um, this trailer was a little bit better and didn't reveal as much. What do you think about this? I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Simonini.
0: So I didn't think about the reveals. Like, I don't really care about that because I-, I do trust Marvel and their trailer, uh, their trailer, uh, their trailer prowess, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so my biggest problem with it, honestly, is that they revealed the movie is basically the Marvel formula – 101 that's mm. my issue it's less about the trailer being bad and I actually kind of enjoyed the trailer I just realized that it's the same thing again it's the same origin story we've seen a million times he's fighting mm. himself the he's even fighting himself with the same weapon the, the ten rings apparently come apart and he seems to be fighting you know a, it looks like his father and it's like okay his father trained him they're kind of doing the same thing unless the main villain turns out to be abomination. which case that's very different which would be cool yeah well that would be very different but it looks to me like this is a marvel formula and so i don't know again we don't know yet this is maybe we maybe we don't know anything but it seems to me like this is again marvel formula type scenario reluctant hero uh kind of learns to use his powers and then he like it's not like well, this has not. This has been done before yeah. a million times. It's not a, necessarily a terrible thing, but it's nice and refreshing when we get a movie like Winter Soldier or Thor Ragnarok, as you just uh, you know talked about just a moment ago in yeah. a different context. And I, I think that that's the kind of movie I'm hoping for for origin stories going forward. Like, just move away from the they fight themselves
1: <laughs> every yeah, time I,
0: you start a origin story.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good point, man. I definitely agree with you. I think really the only, I guess, twist on that origin story formula is that Shang-Chi is already like not necessarily an established character, but he, we're not going to have a montage of him training or whatever, or him, like he's already who he is. Like he's already a badass fighter and stuff like that. And he's just trying to live a regular life and he's being brought back in. I think that's really the only interesting twist about this that I can kind of see. Um, But yeah, like at the end of the day, it's just going to be, some martial arts fights, which I'm okay with. I think if done well, like if the choreography is cool, like I'm down as you see crazy ass fight scenes of you know, people doing yeah. Kung Fu or, or, or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with you there, but yeah, it is a little bit disappointed or sorry, disappointing. Um, because I just feel like Marvel even mentioned that, like we're done with the regular origin story. Like we're going to, we're going to try to fluff it up a bit. Like we're not going to have that same thing over and over again. Uh, I know like I don't I don't necessarily love Captain Marvel, but Captain Marvel was different enough. Like it was an was. origin story, but
0: it was a buddy like, cop almost. It was a, like yeah. a interesting like journey between with a couple different kind of characters traveling. Um, yeah, it's different. I, I agree. Yeah. It is kind of there. It does follow some of the beats, but a lot of them are different. And I think that that's the mm-hmm. that's kind of a yeah, it's a good point.
1: Yeah, I really like Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson's chemistry. It's really good. Same with ben Mendelssohn in that movie. Yeah. That movie's actually yeah. pretty good. Like, I, I don't love it, but it's pretty damn good.
0: Clark Gregg. I like to I liked see Clark Gregg back as Coulson as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. I've actually watched one other thing this week, Adrian. One other thing. Wait, was it Loki? It was Loki, but I don't want to talk too much about Loki. I did enjoy that episode. It might have been the weakest one, but I did enjoy I, I it. I agree. I agree. I, it was very different. Doesn't I don't know. I, jury's still out. I think it was good, um, but I mean, I think we're gonna do as we've done for the last two Marvel Marvel Disney Plus shows. I think we're gonna make a, a and a closer look episode, which is basically a kind of a deep dive type spoiler cast episode where we can talk spoilers and really review the entire season. So that will probably come in three weeks, I guess, when the show finally gets off the air. But the thing I did watch was. Porcaroso on Netflix. Oh, yes. You shit. did. I did. I did indeed. And my brother Oliver continued in his email and he
1: said, <gasps> Sorry, I just sucked well, way too much here. I was trying to make a gasp.
0: I shocked you. I shocked you gasping. so much that you almost choked. Are you okay? Uh, I'll never heal. Oh, that's not good. I'm sorry to hear that. Anyways, my brother said in his in his email, it, it was part of the same email, but I split it up because was it was convenient for me. Talk about the McDonald's ball pit. Trademarked Oliver Eady 2001. Okay, let's just stop him here for a second. I know this is early on in the email, but it was not 2001. That's that's impossible. It was more recent than that. I don't know where he got 2001 from, and he clearly made that up. And uh, I'm disappointed. That he doesn't know when he trademarked that. You owe your brother uh, five bucks, by the way. Do I? Because he doesn't even know when he – no. He doesn't even know when he trademarked McDonald's ball pit. The concept of nostalgia, of course, that's the, we've talked. We've been talking about this for weeks. But McDonald's ball pit is that feeling of nostalgia, you know, as Ching, a child. Ching. Stop it! Stop saying "ching." Anyways, Legend of the Guardians: The Owls of Gahul is the first time I recall him saying anything about the McDonald's ball pit as a concept Ching. of nostalgia. And that came out, That movie came out in 2010. That's a Zack Snyder animated film. Anyways, he continued again. Porco Rosso is one of my favorite animes. It is living nostalgia, a story with very little plot, but that still captivates. It feels like the dim memory of a summer vacation. There's something wistful about it that is hard to convey. Set in the Adriatic Sea, Italy, and present-day Croatia, formerly the Dalmatian coast of Yugoslavia, during the 1930s, the famous but supernaturally cursed pilot Porco Rosso flies a World War I plane... Chasing Sky Pirates and Evading Fascists who want to forcibly recruit him into the Italian Air Force. Miyazaki, the creator, has said he made the film for tired businessmen to watch during commercial flights, and the film was initially funded by a Japanese airline, but eventually it was developed into a feature-length film. The subject matter of Porco Rosso was born out of a short three-part manga comic about old Planes that Miyazaki had painted with watercolors. He apparently loved old planes, and who can blame him? You can't go wrong with World War I planes. It's the McDonald's ball pit, trademarked Oliver E.D. 2001, times a thousand. Heck, everyone has fond childhood memories of the World War I plane ride with working controls, don't they? You might even say World War I planes are Miyazaki's personal version of the ball pit. There has been talk of a sequel for years, but alas... It may never be made, and that was the end of his email. Signed, Oliver. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Oliver, for writing in. And I, uh, when he, got, when I got this email, because we talked about Porcarosa last week, specifically because we talked about Luca last week and how uh, Cas- Casarosa, the director of Luca, the the Pixar movie, was influenced by Miyazaki's Porcarosa when he made Luca, and I see that influence having now watched. Porkaroso, I like <laughs> Porkaroso. It's, it's great. It's it, it. I agree. It is a sort of living nostalgia. I really enjoy. I, I agree also that World War One planes, the idea of like the wings of war type scenario, these World War One planes in dogfights. There's something very cool about it. And like the the Adriatic Sea type setting was really neat. The animation's very very cool i don't i don't think i've watched any other studio ghibli movie it's kind of a shame i guess but very good i enjoyed it a lot the plot was was good too i i I enjoyed i enjoyed the storyline there's just one thing that i didn't like that much i wonder if you know what it is adrian i don't i don't know if you watched this movie recently or not i haven't watched it in like a couple years okay well okay there's a there's a i don't know if you remember this but there's okay so porcarosa is this pilot obviously and he's a bounty hunter who's taking down these pirates as he kind of mm-hmm. mentions and he's playing you know he he needs repairs on his playing, whatever and he meets this engineer who's a girl the age of 17 and they just sexualize the heck out of her
1: the whole the whole movie mm.
0: and they yeah. call her kid the whole movie while sexualizing her and yeah,
1: I, fair enough. It's just weird. If
0: they didn't... Okay, if she could be 17, fine. It's 1930s. Maybe that's what they did back then. It's still... It's It's like, okay, but then don't call her a kid repeatedly. This movie was made in 1992. It just seems weird to me. And I, my girlfriend and I we were watching this together and it felt strange the whole time. And they did this so often. It happened like 10 times in the movie. And we're like, oh my goodness. Mm. This is a little much. It's a little much. And she's a great character, by the way. Like it's It's cool because she's incredibly intelligent she's shown to be this um like probably the smartest person in the in the movie yeah which is great in terms of like a feminist angle it it gets Mm -hmm. it's fantastic that way like uh people are being sexist towards her as well and that she kind of debunks the sexism is like oh yeah you're sexist toward me well i just so happen to be the best damn plane engineer that there ever was so good for you and uh Mm -hmm. she like solves a lot of problems throughout the film but she sexualized almost the whole way through so
1: yeah i don't know um yeah i I can kind of see that for sure it it is a little bit odd i mean japanese culture is is fairly different as well compared to us um so i feel like that could have been maybe a little bit avoided in the translation process and like the you know it coming here to north america so i can definitely see that man Uh, i don't really remember all that much i only kind of remember her being a like strong badass woman and i think heo miyazaki does a really good job in a lot of his movies uh most of his movies actually the main characters tend to be women yeah and they are usually strong and intelligent and 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 very well like very well done um so yeah i don't know i i I totally yeah like i I, that's not something i really remember from the movie but obviously you've watched it recently so i guess that's a little bit too bad um Mm. product of its time yeah, maybe
0: that's what I feel like it was. It was a product of mm-hmm. its time. Again, it was made in 1992, but I, yeah, it's just um, I enjoyed it otherwise, and I and I do again. I appreciate that concept, and I, I was reading up on that concept that Miyazaki does do that in in his films often, like in terms of making the the female an important lead and not just some you know damsel in this in distress. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. That's fantastic, but it's just it is. It was a little strange to me because it, it's just the even if okay, she's 17, I was saying that, but like you could have made her 18, I guess, would have made it a little less weird, but still you called her kiddo, kid constantly. It's just, you're calling her a child specifically. And then you make a sexualized comment about her ass. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely, man. I it's agree. strange.
0: But yeah, like the rest of it, I like, and there's like the boxing fight in the movie as well. And I just, is uh is it's really well done. I just I, I I do like the the overall the overall thing is great, but it's just uh, mm-hmm. that part was just a little jarring for both me and Don. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: the nice part about those like a lot of the um, Studio Ghibli movies is that like the animation style, although looks dated, I feel like it is still timeless and it still looks beautiful and yes. it holds up to this day. Um, I'm curious, like now that you've watched Rosa do you have any interest in watching? other like studio Ghibli movies most notably like the the two most famous ones are probably uh, Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away Uh, Spirited Away literally winning best animated feature at the Oscars and uh, I know Howl's Moving Castle was nominated for uh, best animated feature back in the day too
0: um yeah like uh, probably potentially eventually would be my answer Mm
1: -hmm. yeah fair enough fair enough my uh yeah I don't know there's so many good movies um that that Studio Ghibli made, like I, I think of Princess Mononoke, which is phenomenal. I, I adore that movie. It might, it might be my favorite. It's arguably the darkest movie and the most—I um, don't necessarily want to say scary, but there there are some like scary, sc- some scary shit that happens in that movie. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I highly recommend you you go and, and try to watch these movies. Uh, if you have to watch one, then uh, honestly, spirit it Away, just to be a part of the you know, just to understand why that movie won best animated feature and, and why it's such a great uh, or a beloved movie uh, and has such a huge following. Um, I would definitely recommend that one. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you want like one, a a little bit more lighthearted, cuter movie, Kiki's delivery service. That's actually probably my favorite, uh, studio Ghibli movie. It's so adorable. It's heartfelt. It's funny. Um, and it's just another easy watch. It's about a young girl who's like a little witch. Um, and, uh, you know goes to a town and starts working as like a like a helper for this for this other woman and uh, i don't know it's it's a it, that's a really cute movie i i can't recommend that one enough
0: all right all right yeah, yeah I, i'll uh, try to check these out but i just i, gotta, I just got to find the time i like that a lot of these movies are on netflix that i appreciate and this was the mm-hmm. english dub version by the way the one that i watched
1: yeah i've only watched them in english I, I did like michael Keene's performance to, to be honest mm-hmm. i thought he was great christian bale is uh in Howl's Moving Castle, ooh, that's cool. He plays uh, plays one of the main characters. They they uh, they they bring in a lot of um, like big name actors in a lot of these movies. Honestly, um, it's kind of interesting to see in the English dub, I should say. Alrighty, well, let's uh, let's move on to the news, shall we? What do you think? You know what? Since it's the fifty second episode, I'm gonna say no 52 t- times. Okay, get ready. No, no, we don't. No, have time. no, no, <laughs> no, no, we don't have time. Okay, we're we already running long here. Let's let's
0: go. Let's go. We got enough we gotta time. Keep, keep this tight, 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 Adrian. Okay, like a butthole. Uh, okay, let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as entertainment website IGN reports, animation studio Cyber Group and video game developer Square Enix have partnered up to create an animated TV series adaptation for Square Enix's ever popular game. Final Fantasy IX. As an incredibly well-reviewed entry in the long-running Final Fantasy game series, Final Fantasy IX was a medieval fantasy-set Japanese role-playing game that launched in the year 2000 exclusively on the PlayStation console gaming platform. The new TV series is said to be designed for children aged 8 through 13 and has not yet been picked up by any major network or streaming service. Cyber Group plans to begin production of the new series in late 2021 to early 2022. Adrian, I know you love Final Fantasy. I know you love Final Fantasy Nine. What mm-hmm. do you think of this children's
1: series? Simon, let me tell you, this is awesome. I think I willed this into freaking existence. I don't know if you remember, like 20-something episodes ago, way back when, in our early months of this podcast, uh, we talked about you know video game properties that we would like to be made into movies or TV shows. And I mentioned a few things. One of those games I mentioned was Final Fantasy IX. (gasps) Gasp indeed, Simon. And I am so beyond excited for this. I really hope it does get picked up. I think, um, you know, uh, me being an adult now and knowing that this is designed to be uh, for, you know, designed for children between uh, age 8 and 13. It it makes, you know, it's a little disappointing for me. I'll, I'll be honest with you. However... I was thinking about it and I'm like, I played this game when I was in that age range. I think I was like 10 or 11 when I played the game for the first time. And I've played it multiple times since then. But the first time I played it, I I was I was quite young and that's when I fell in love with it the first time. And I think if you are going to be making a Final Fantasy story, at at least out of the ones that I played, um, that's that's kind of aimed towards children Final Fantasy Nine is definitely the best option to go with. The vast majority of the main characters are, you know, young kids. Um, you know, there is literally a child uh, that is one of the main characters, and you know, the, the 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 main characters of Dane. I think he's only like thirteen or fourteen years old. Um, so like it seems like a very it makes sense uh, as to why they're making it like that. It also has a little bit more of a cartoony art style. Um, you know, Vivi who is. One of the most beloved, memorable characters in the Final Fantasy universe is this tiny little like black mage, and literally his face is just a black circle with two big yellow eyes. And it, it's, he's just an adorable little guy. And and you know, there's a bunch of plushies of him and and all of that sort of stuff. And I think that Final Fantasy IX definitely lends itself to be made into a TV series, you know, aimed towards children and in it being a I don't think this is actually going to be like an anime series from what I can tell. I think it's going the more cartoony art style, which again, I feel like final fantasy nine lends itself the most out of, uh, out of any of the final fantasies again that I've played. I played quite a few of them. Um, and again, it, it does touch on some pretty, you know, dark themes and stuff throughout the story, but a lot of it is lighthearted and funny. And, and you know, there's, there's, these very memorable and adorable characters and how they interact with one each o- one another. Um, this is, uh, this is so great. And I'm super happy that square Enix is, you know, putting out their like final fantasy properties and, and, and making things out of it. You know, famously they had, um, the first like final fantasy movie called like final fantasy spirited away, which actually wasn't connected to any of their mainline games. It was its own thing. Um, doesn't but it's connected to the studio Ghibli movie of the same name. no, <laughs> Oh, did I say spirits? No, so it's spirits within. Oh, Final Fantasy spirits within. My apologies, I okay. should correct myself.
0: Actually, I thought the names were the same, so I no, thought it was. No. A, I was making a cool reference, but yeah, I didn't sorry.
1: know. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's spirits within, and then you know they have the Final Fantasy VII Advent Children movie, which takes place after the. um the mainline Final Fantasy 7 game with the uh, most I guess not most recent but with Final Fantasy 15 they actually had a small anime series along with a animated prequel movie. So they're not strangers to lending out Final Fantasy properties um, to different studios to 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 make you know content out of it, whether it be a TV show or movies. Um, and uh, I'm really glad they chose to do this with Final Fantasy 9. Again, it's my favorite in the series. I absolutely adore it. They can do some really cool shit with it. And yeah, I'm just I'm just so excited for this. I really hope it comes to fruition.
0: Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. Man. I have no connection to Final Fantasy or not I don't I shouldn't say no connection, but I have little connection with it and mm. I don't necessarily I probably won't watch this, especially for it's again because it's tailored towards 8 to through 13-year-olds. I don't know if it really would be for me. I, I hope it's good. I hope it's yeah. good for your sake, and I uh, I'm glad this is the one that you wanted to make, and this is the one they're making. But I wonder if you might be disappointed because it is for eight through thirteen year olds. Although you did say that the age group of the characters seems to be kind of in that range, so maybe mm-hmm. it's not so so bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, like there, there there are some adults a part of like the main cast of characters and stuff, but yeah, the, the 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 main characters that 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 the story revolves around the most are quite young. Um, and I don't know. I mean. We, we've talked about the McDonald's ball pit, um, so maybe that sort of nostalgia will uh, will work in my favor, and and I will like the show, even though it's you know meant for kids. I mean, to be fair, a lot of Disney properties and stuff um, are aimed towards children, but they have you know they still appeal to adults. You know, there there are things that make a child laugh that um, you know would maybe not make an adult laugh, but they they sprinkle little things throughout it. I, I think of Like Ratchet and Clank, as an example, Um, it's a video game property, but, you know, that game is made for kids. I love it. I played through it. And there's like quite a bit of funny stuff. Like there's literally, you know, characters talking about like taxes in the background and like the government and stuff like that. And like a kid wouldn't understand any of that shit, but, you know, it made me laugh. So I'm hoping they can kind of do that in this show as well. I don't know. I'm well, stuck for this.
0: That's actually where I would be most worried because they're saying it's tailored for eight through thirteen year olds. Like the Pixar movies don't state state that, but it is mm. clearly for both. Adults can get something out of Luca, and so could kids. And I think that that's my worry about the show a little bit is that they're mentioning eight through thirteen purposely. I just find that if you're going to mention it, you're not going to be like Ratchet and Clank. You're not going to be like uh, you know Inside Out. -hmm. As a as a as a concept, and that's the thing that kind of turns me off of this. If there was anything to turn me on, it it would have been that they're going to try and make this for potentially all all ages, you know, and not just focus on one group. That's they're mentioning it, and I think that that's my concern. But we'll see. We we don't know what it's going to be like yet. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, hopefully it uh, gets picked up. Cool.
0: Yeah, I wonder if Netflix is you know Netflix is you know picked up. So many of these animated series. I'm curious if Netflix is the one to pick this one up as well.
1: That'd be awesome. I, I don't know why you wouldn't pick up a property as large as Final Fantasy.
0: So, yeah, well, yeah maybe they want to see the quality, see what they're where mm-hmm. they're going with the, the storylines, and then maybe yeah. they'll, they'll pick it up afterwards. Okay, number two, as publication Variety reports, Ready Player One director, it's a bad Steven movie, Spielberg, mm. Steven Spielberg has signed a major deal with streaming juggernaut Netflix for a currently undetermined number of years. The deal states that Spielberg's production company, Amblin Partners, will develop at least two films per year for Netflix. Some in Hollywood might find this particular deal surprising due to a belief held by many that Spielberg was previously not a big fan of the video streaming medium that Netflix brings to the table. Spielberg was thought to have petitioned against having Netflix win Oscars in 2019 due to the lack of a Netflix film theatrical exclusivity window. Shortly afterwards, he sought to clear his name of such rumors when he essentially claimed to the New York Times that the only thing that mattered to him was the world having a broad access to amazing stories. But alas, This New Deal with Netflix should dispel all gossip of Spielberg's disdain for Netflix once and for all. With all that being said, the New Deal will not be one of exclusivity, as the Amblin Partners offices literally are situated on the Universal Pictures lot, and Spielberg's next film about his childhood growing up in Arizona will likely be a Universal Pictures produced movie. To speak of his excitement for the New Deal, Spielberg released a statement that reads, quote, At Amblin, storytelling will forever be at the center of everything we do. And from the minute Ted Sarandos and I started discussing a partnership, it was abundantly clear that we had an amazing opportunity to tell new stories together and reach audiences in new ways. This new avenue for our films, alongside the stories we continue to tell with our longtime family at Universal and our other partners, will be incredibly fulfilling for me personally, since we get to embark on it together with Ted, and I cannot wait to get started with him, Scott Stuber, and the entire Netflix team. Unquote. Adrian, this Spielberg deal—it's a, it's a big one because Spielberg's a huge name. When I feel like when people talk about, you know, when they say, "Oh, like you're no Spielberg," you know, they, they would say like if you're if you're describing it a director, I feel like a, a name synonymous with directors might be a Steven Spielberg you know what i mean so i feel like this is a huge deal for netflix
1: yeah man definitely i think spielberg is just a household name i feel like everyone knows who he is um you know everyone know like if you even if you don't know who spielberg is you probably have seen one of his movies um you know et being like a big one that like a lot of people in our i guess age group or maybe a little bit older you know definitely watch when they were young and everything like that and yeah, I think this is a really good get uh, from Netflix. Hopefully, you can make better movies for Netflix than Ready Player One is. Um, oh, boy. Come but, on. Uh, Let yeah, it go, know. okay? Let it go. People like that movie. It's well
0: reviewed. Let it go. Okay, Adrian, you're wrong. It's, it's not a good saying? movie. It's not a good movie. No, no you're incorrect.
1: Rampage is better. That's Rampage is ridiculous. also better than Godzilla vs. Kong.
0: Let's, let's stay on topic here. That's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, yeah, I'm sure this is gonna this is gonna be good like I'm curious what they're going to give us I feel like two films per year is, is quite a bit honestly um, and if they are going to be very high quality movies like uh, some of his movies are unlike ready Player one um, oh my God. then yeah like I, I'm in I'm not a I'm not a super huge Spielberg fan like I, I like a lot of his stuff I have a lot of nostalgia for many of his movies um, you know he, he's produced or he, you know, he's a producer on even the Jurassic park movies and stuff like that. But I never watched like Indiana Jones or anything like that. Um, I, I watched ET back in the day and everything He says proudly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Watch Indiana Jones. You fool.
1: Come on. But like I watched ET and, you know, I, I've seen jaws and all of that stuff, despite those, I guess like, you know, in our age group, like I think ET came out like freaking like over a decade before I was born, but still, you know what I mean? Like it's still a movie that I watched when I was younger, Um, so I don't know. I I have a lot of nostalgia and obviously a lot of respect for Spielberg. You can't have hits every time. You got to have a couple misses like ready player one, but you know. Oh my God. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Like tell me about this. Like, what
0: do you think about this? Are you excited? I'm excited because of the fact that again, he, he's just, as you said, a household name. It's it's, Again, his name, Spielberg, is synonymous with director. And I I think that, again, people know him, and this is huge because I, it may not be true that he tried to stop Netflix films in 2019, like Marriage Story, as an example, for being nominated Mm -hmm. for Best Picture, as an example. Now, is that proven to be true? It's proven to be not true, according to Spielberg, anyway. He was claiming it's not true. People close to Spielberg claiming it was not true. But the fact that that rumor was swirling, if you look at online, you'll see that many outlets believe that that was true. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this has happened now with this deal just debunks any concept of that. And I think mm-hmm. that that's super important for Netflix, who has some non-believers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like... Uh, that, Spielberg would, would, would have been one of them I wonder if like you know Christopher Nolan who really believes in the cinematic experience might be another one theoretically but he just doesn't yeah. necessarily express it because he he just really loves the idea of the theatrical experience the big sound the big screen that's what he's building his movie for and so is yeah. so I think his Spielberg is a priority but at the same time I, I think he realizes that the the broad spectrum of having having it on on Netflix means that more people will, will probably see his stories mm-hmm. Of course, he's not directing all of these movies. Like he'll just be producing them, yeah, uh, with Amblin. But yeah, like the, he's got so many movies, and it's it, the great thing about Spielberg too is is, is range. It's Mm -hmm. his range of movies. Like, I know that you've seen another movie of his, The Post. We literally watched it together. Yeah. Just before we saw Ready Player One in 2017, and so that movie is like so different. Ready, think about Ready Player One and the difference of that versus The Post with Meryl Streep,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. Like one's really good and one's really bad. And he's also very different. Oh my god,
0: Jesus. It's so ridiculous. But anyways, as but as you look at his other movies, though, it's it's interesting. Like he's nominated for so many Oscars as well. It's crazy. Like in terms of what the movies that have been nominated, like Bridge of Spies, like was nominated as well for various Oscars. And The Post mm-hmm. was nominated for Best Picture, if I uh, remember correctly. A uh, Lincoln um, is is a movie he directed as well. I don't know if you ever watched Lincoln. Saving Private Ryan. Like, it's so many movies. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. He's it's just, again, he's a legend. I don't think I need to explain how great Spielberg is. And so this is great. And I'm I'm curious to see how it goes. We'll see, we'll see what happens with this. I just, I, there was talk in this article um, by Variety that they were thinking that these movies would probably end up going to theaters in a theatrical capacity first as part of the deal. And th- that wasn't confirmed. So that's the thing I think I'm most curious about. Mm-hmm. Because Netflix doesn't typically do that very often. They don't do exclusivity windows with theaters.
1: Yeah, I often. mean, m- most recently, like Army of the Dead, as an example, that had a one-week theater exclusivity window um,
0: during a pandemic, mind you. So that's even yeah. almost bigger. But mm-hmm. it's just not—it's not, it's not uh, one week is pretty short. So I'm, I'm curious. That's some, that's the thing I'm curious probably most about because I, I do think, like, as much as Spielberg may not hate Netflix or the medium, he does, I think, value the. Cinematic experience, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Just it's, it's like interesting us. for sure. Oh yeah, we do one hundred percent. Yeah, and and we also love streaming. We're like not against any of these things, and we're also not against Marvel movies. I think our taste is pretty broad. I would argue if I, I were I were to say we we never actually actually explicitly said it on this podcast, but I feel like we watched the art house films, we watched the Marvel movies, we watched like a pretty broad. Uh, you you've got the animated films down pat, mm-hmm. I think. So it's cool. It's a, it's a neat, it's a neat, I think, eclectic taste that we potentially carry for this podcast. I mean, I think we're tooting our own horn a little bit too much, or I am. You're you're, you're sounding very pretentious, but okay. Am I? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I was just (laughs) saying that, you know, we love all movies. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Is that, is that so crazy? Most movies, unlike Ready Player One, which I do not love. Look, I ain't a hipster, okay? They're all good. And Adrian loves Ready Player One, as the title of episode something or other uh, states. Number three, as Publication Deadline reports, the community and Rick and Morty creator, Dan Harmon, has been a very, very busy man. Harmon was recently hired on by Apple TV Plus to develop a TV series adaptation of webcomic Strange Planet, alongside original Strange Planet comic creator Nathan Pyle. The series will reportedly follow the same blue humanoid creatures that Pyle's comic is so famous for. Additionally, Dan Harmon recently hired BoJack Horseman producer Jordan Young to showrun his Greek mythology animated series for Fox. The new series is now being called Krapopolis and follows a dysfunctional family of gods and monsters trying to efficiently run one of Earth's first major human inhabited metropolises. Kropopolis is also meant to be the first ever Fox animated TV series built on blockchain technology. This means that Fox will be able to sell exclusive NFT or non-fungible token digital merchandise based upon their shiny new series. Kropopolis is aimed for release in 2022, while Strange Planet currently has no announced release window. Adrian, you love Dan Harmon. You love community. You love Rick and Morty and uh, maybe you had a falling out with Rick and Morty slightly with the Szechuan sauce, but <laughs> the fans ruined it. But, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Why would somebody go to a McDonald's and, and go on a table and yell uh. for Szechuan sauce? It's just so obnoxious. It's just so obnoxious. But regardless, what do you think about this news for Dan Harmon? He's, he seems to be like, kind of at the head of projects, but not necessarily directly involved. I mm-hmm. thought he was actually the showrunner for Krepopolis And it seems like he's not, obviously.
1: Yeah, me too. Like I could have sworn he was, but I guess I guess they're hiring on the, you know, one of the Bojack Horseman producers, uh, Jordan Young, to showrun that. And uh I mean if Jordan Young had any, you know, attachment to like the creativity and the creative vision of Bojack Horseman, then sweet man. Like I'm all in for this. I think I think, you know, the mix between or what what makes Rick and Morty and BoJack Horseman both really good shows is that they know how to balance very good comedy with some very different styles of comedy, mind you. They're not they're not the same by any means. But uh, you know, adding in these almost extesent descent exit oh my god exist Exist. existential exist Existential. Existential. No, existential. Existential. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways,
0: it's exist. The root is exist. Because you exist existential. or, or don't you exist.
1: Extential. Yeah, there you go. You know, like by adding all these existential that was great. questions. Um, you know, like throughout the show and like dealing with like depression and all that stuff and you know, putting on like a smiling face while in reality you're suffering and you know, they both kind of deal with that sort of Rick and Morty, more so um, that uh, sort of like nothing matters. What, what's the word? I totally forgot the word. Nihilistic, um, sort of. Oh, what a word! Well done. Yeah, I can pronounce. I can pronounce that one without issue. But I can't say <laughs> that's it's good, existential. Yeah. Um, you did it! You did it! Yes, thanks, man. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think that's a that's a match made in heaven, and it makes me. A little bit more excited for this Kripopolis, uh show. Um, I think it's going to be probably pretty good, and uh, I'm excited for it. To be yeah, honest, yeah, like I, I think it'll be good. I, I'm into it. And speaking of Rick and Morty, like season five just launched. Like I think season, yeah, it's on season five. I think the first episode or two have aired. I'm definitely going to watch it. Like I still really like Rick and Morty. Like it's it's just not something I want to flaunt anymore because. The the fan base went awry and really soiled it for me. Um, that's again, it was the Szechuan sauce, sauce fiasco and people just being like so ridiculous and posting these videos online and being like attached to that sort of fan base is not something I want to be. Um, but I, I really do love the show and I'm definitely going to watch season five once it's all done. I'll probably just pay like through Amazon Prime. You can watch it on uh, Stack TV. Um, that's where I watched all of season four. So I'm just going to wait for season five to finish pay for a month of that and then binge it. And then probably just cancel that stack TV subscription. That's fair.
0: Yep. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm behind Rick and Morty. I got to watch that. That's another show that I just, you just reminded me I was not caught up on. So I got to do that.
1: Yeah. Season four, I feel like was definitely a weaker season than the rest. It wasn't bad. Um, like I still really liked it, but I, I can't think of any like main memorable episodes. Maybe one, um, that kind of like pops out to me. But like season three had had like a couple of ab- absolutely outstanding episodes, and I think season two and season one, like I can I can definitely think of episodes that stand out. And I don't think season four had any of those. Maybe I'll rewatch it all. Maybe I'll try to binge it all, like w- during that one month subscription uh, prior to watching season five. And you know, may- maybe I'll see it in a better light. It's not bad though. Like I do want to I do want to clarify. Like I don't think it's a bad season. I think it's still really good. It's just, uh, I would argue, maybe it was the weakest one out of them all. Okay, all yeah. right. Yeah, no, I, I'll
0: check it out. I'm just, I'm slow. Hmm. So many, so many shows. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to get me to watch Studio Ghibli movies. Like
1: it's a, uh, it's a tough time. First world problems, you know. Yeah, man. Just not enough time to watch TV series on my OLED. It sucks. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough time, dude. Wow. I'm just thinking about how pretentious
0: the comment comment was. I was. T- <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that we we're having an eclectic taste. I feel like I I wanna tone it down. I really gotta tone it down here. I, I feel like I'm I've been thinking off and on about that comment that you said about it being pretentious yeah. now since I said that. And I, I, re- I agree
1: with you. It's, it was kind of pretentious. <laughs> Don't worry. You're, you're, you're so humble, dude. You're a humble man. It's,
0: it's not what I was trying to say. I was trying to say that it's, it's kind of nice that you and I combined, we've got a pretty good broad mm-hmm. spectrum of, but, but I feel like, you know, just let the viewer, <laughs> you're digging yourself deeper. Let the, <laughs> let the listener listen and realize it. Exactly. I am digging myself deeper. I got a headache, Adrian, and I'm not thinking necessarily, you know, straight and I'm just, it's a, Stream of consciousness. Oh, man. Let's move on to number four. It's a bonus. (gasps) A bonus.
1: (gasps) (gasps) Plot twist. It's the 52nd episode. You get a bonus story.
0: That's right. That's right. Number four. As Variety reports, Disney has cast West Side Story actress Rachel Zegler. By the way, West Side Story is being directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh, (gasps) connections. Oh, my God. Connections, dude. Disney has cast West Side Story actress Rachel Zegler as Snow White in Disney's live-action Snow White remake. The film is being directed by 500 Days of Summer and Amazing Spider-Man director Mark Webb. In a statement about the casting, Webb said, quote, Rachel's extraordinary vocal abilities are just the beginning of her gifts. Her strength, intelligence, and optimism will become an integral part of rediscovering the joy in this classic Disney fairy tale, unquote. But of course, with the internet... Being the internet, casting an actress as Snow White without skin as white as snow was bound to drum up some internet outrage from a vocal minority. Rachel Zegler is of Colombian and Polish descent. She was born in the United States, and this, of course, bothered the Brothers Grimm superfans among us. To quell the haters, Rachel snapped back with an online comment of her own when she said on Twitter, "Quote: Yes." I am Snow White. No, I am not bleaching my skin for the rule, Unquote in a tweet that has since been deleted uh, from her account.
1: That's kind of a bummer,
0: Adrian. Uh, th- that you removed it, or
1: yeah, I feel like she should have just kept it on there.
0: Well, I think I mean it's Disney,
1: you know. Yeah, I'm sure. Point.
0: A publicist said, "Well, it's a little, it's too risque for us." I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rachel.
1: Well, I mean, like, look at Dave Bautista on Twitter. That guy just is like. F-bombs galore, calling out senators left and right, being like, you fucking idiots, blah, 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 (laughs) blah. You know? (laughs) Like, if they're okay with him. A bit aggressive. Yeah, like, what the hell is the problem with her posting this? You know what I mean? Dave Batiste obviously playing Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Well, I think Drax will have his last flight in Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, Volume Volume 3. Because he literally said that. It might be because of how aggressive he's been. But he, he was like... Honestly, Dave Batista kind of like pushed for James Gunn so hard that it's it's part of the reason James Gunn might be
1: reinstated Mm -hmm. as the Guardians of the Galaxy director in the first place. Yeah, he was interesting. He was easily the most vocal out of the main cast about it, and he pretty much just said like if he if James not if James Gunn isn't coming back, he's not either. Just like did like an ultimatum almost to Disney. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of factors in place as well, like for Disney's decision, but I. Yeah, definitely. Dave Batista, I think, was one of the, the the many factors among it.
0: Right, and for those of you who don't know, listeners out there, I mean, James Gunn was fired from Disney and and the Marvel Cinematic Universe when he, uh, tweets that he tweeted out like years and years ago,
1: Like over a decade ago, which
0: were jokes. Like, yeah, like they were for sure jokes. Um, got him fired, and or sorry, would I say he got him
1: fired twice? Uh, regardless, he was fired for that specifically those tweets, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah, it was um, like about yeah. banging babies or something like that. He went to like a, like a like a pedophile party and posted a bunch of pictures of that and stuff. Like the theme of the which again. It was, it was all jokes but which is which is absolutely ridiculous. hilarious i know, like it's it's awful but it's absolutely so hilarious
0: this was before by the way he worked for disney which is the weird part like you'd mm-hmm. think they would have done background research and they probably had done it but then they kind of just waited for it to get out i guess i don't know that's that was the weird thing about that but regardless he got reinstated like he apologized right after it he he took everything in stride i feel like he 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 left gracefully as well mm-hmm. like he didn't he didn't do anything. He's just. I, I'm really sorry. Like it was. It's embarrassing that I was this tried to be this edgy person to be funny and it wasn't funny. And so then he, yeah. again, it was graceful. I appreciated it, and he was reinstated, which yeah. is, is a good redemption story, I think, because everyone, every one of the cast on Guardians just love him. Anyway, we we, we digress. I feel yeah. like, what do you think of this particular situation where it's Rachel Zegler being cast as this as this fairy tale character Snow White, who obviously, I mean, the the poem. The, the, sorry, the fairy tale goes as it goes. It literally is skin is white as snow. lips as red as blood. Like the, that's the, mm-hmm. that's part of the grim fairy tale in the first place. And I believe it's recited in the actual Disney, Disney movie adaptation, which is like the animated adaptation. Yeah. So what do you think about this type of casting in general? What are you, what are you getting? What are you really reading um, from the situation?
1: I don't know. Like I'm kind of of two minds uh, on this. Like I, I can see why people would be like, Hey, what the hell? like, like Snow White's one of her, like her defining feature is her very white skin. Um, so I can kind of get the like outrage quote unquote, but honestly, I don't care. Like who cares? As long as the movie's good and the actress, it does a great job in the role. Like I don't think it matters. We talked about Wesker, um, being recast in, uh, I think the Netflix live action resident evil, um, series by Lance Reddick. And, uh, And try to being a black man and Wesker being like a white dude in the, in the games. And like, honestly, who cares? Like, it doesn't really matter. um, As long as the, the acting is done well, the movies well written and the performance is done well, which I guess is the same thing as the acting is done well. Um, So I don't really care too much about this. Like realistically, like why do people have to be upset about stuff all the time? I know. Yeah. Just, it's a little ridiculous. Just chill the fuck out. <laughs> like just chill the fuck out. Yeah. Then don't watch the movie vote with your wallet and don't watch this movie. I'm going to watch it probably maybe uh, to be fair. My track record on watching Disney live action movies is not great, but, um, but yeah. Like who cares? <laughs> yeah.
0: I I don't know. There's a question of when, when is it okay to like, w- when, when do you change a gender of a, of a specific character is mm-hmm. when is that okay? When, when, when is it, like you know, when you are changing a race, is it, when does it go too far potentially? And I, I actually think that this is not too far. Initially, I was thinking about it. She's literally called Snow White,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I thought, oh, that's that just doesn't make any sense. Like, is this is this the character you really want to change the race yeah. for? But then I realized shortly after that it doesn't. It it isn't actually the defining characteristic of Snow White. Actually, it isn't. She has to be the, potentially, I mean, that's impossible, but the fairest of them all, Mm. so she must be beautiful. In the story, in the fairy tale, and in the actual movie, like the Snow White animated film, she's optimistic, and she's kind of naive, and she's trusting of of strangers, and uh, she's just this really happy-go-lucky type person who's just nice to everyone, and in that part, and the fact that the singing is very important because they're making Mm. a musical. I think that that is far more important than the skin color thing. You can remove that; it doesn't. It's irrelevant. I just mm-hmm. think that I was thinking about this in the light of actually the ship of Theseus. Actually, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this even in in the way that they're potentially looking to cast a black Superman. Mm-hmm. The question is, when does a character not become the same character when you change many elements of who they are? In that ship of Theseus, you know that that kind of proverb I- or you know, philosophical argument where there's a ship in the museum. They actually specifically reference this in WandaVision. So it's related to film Mm -hmm. and TV. (laughs) But yeah, the two visions go at it at one point and they're talking to each other. And there's this concept of if you remove all these rotted planks from this ship that's in this museum and replace them with new planks, when is the ship not the same ship anymore? Like at one point in the very beginning when you remove one of them or when you remove all of them. And I mean – what is our problem with the fact that we are literally creating all of these Disney remakes over and over again? What what has been our problem, Adrian? Like, why didn't you like Lion King?
1: It just wasn't as good as the original. It it just it was a simple, exact retelling with less right? in it.
0: But the problem, I think, at its core, is it's the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the same thing again. Change it up. It's better to change it up. I don't want to see this again. If it, was a, if it was a white actress, I probably would be far less interested in this, to be quite honest. And Rachel Zegler has apparently got a beautiful singing voice, which is <laughs> exactly what you need. And honestly, if you look at a photo of her, she kind of looks like Snow White. Like there's a part, you know, apart from the white skin part. Yeah. And so the, it just doesn't matter. It's not relevant. And, and it isn't the core element of that character, despite the name being Snow White. I get it. It's called Snow White. But it doesn't, that part is not really what makes that character that character. Mm-hmm. With the Ship of Theseus type scenario, the, the remake or the, not the remake, but the retelling in the Disney animation version is already very different from the original fairy tale mm-hmm. anyway. The fact that literally the queen is supposed to die in the fairy tale by literally Snow White and the prince getting her to dance in cold, hot shoes until she collapses (laughs) is automatically something very different and very much darker than what we see in the Disney retelling. Mm -hmm. So again, Ship of Theseus, we had the original retelling, and sure, that initial adage of skin as white as snow is in there, but where does it change to a point where it doesn't really matter? And it's just, I don't think, in this case, the core elements are going to be likely there. And I don't think we need to to worry about it in this case. Is yeah. kind of where I'm I'm thinking. I, I just don't. I think that any. We just gotta we gotta look past it. And this is gonna be more original. It's gonna be different, and therefore more interesting theoretically than mm-hmm. it would have been. The other thing that I think is important to mention there's a, I feel like there's a, something inherently wrong with the concept of. There's two lines in this that are kind of kind of almost mashed together. One is who is the fairest of them all meaning the most beautiful and then you have me obviously the right yeah the mirror then says who who's the fairest of them all snow white right she's got the skin as white as snow let's move
1: past this a little bit
0: you know what i'm saying it's problematic am i crazy <laughs> like
1: uh, you know I, what I, mean? I guess when you say it like that it's like yeah who who's the Best-looking person on planet Earth, and it's like it's it's the whitest, it's the whitest freaking person ever. You understand? The whitest <laughs> person ever is the best-looking person. There's no yeah. there's no fans or butts. Yeah, I guess I could see that. That's kind of funny. I
0: like how you moved into uh, <laughs> Alex Jones, know, Alex Jones territory. <laughs> yeah. It seemed fitting. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I found that I was thinking the more I thought about this, the more I realized, oh my god, it, it's problematic, and we're we're dealing with these like one of the worst. Situations and you know, or or one of the biggest, I guess, protests in American history in terms of racism, um, with the George Floyd protests in 2020. So I mean, we're just coming off of that kind of thing, and I feel like I don't know. This isn't a this isn't a bad thing. This isn't okay. This is a good thing that we've done. Mm -hmm. Um, So. I just yeah, I'm good with this overall. And I, and I mentioned the Superman thing. We didn't talk about that too much about how they might cast a black Superman. We were there wasn't a sureness that that might happen. That may not happen, but I mm-hmm. think it, it's likely to happen because Tanahisi Coates is writing that story for JJ Abrams. I don't know if it's Superman. Uh, I don't know reboot. I'm not sure at this point. <laughs> I feel like is it, is, it a, is it a different universe or what?
1: Yeah. But I feel like it has been confirmed at this point to be a black superman if i recall correctly because there was something about like it wouldn't feel right for jj abrams to direct the movie that's why he's only producing it i might be making that up but i could i i would i would bet money on that personally that it will be that, that i heard that and yeah that it was yeah
0: it's happening yeah. I, i'm look i think they're looking for to cast a black superman now mm-hmm. the reason i mentioned this too is like let's just get the outrage out of the way now online you know yeah <laughs> Internet, just get, like just get it over over with. I don't want to hear this anymore. It's so annoying. Mm. The, the The cool thing about this as well is that okay, it's again the ship of Theseus. What are you changing with this Superman character? Is the core characteristics of Superman going to be intact? And I guarantee you, they will be. He's going to be a shining beacon. Who's this? Who's got again super strength? He's got this like uh, he can fly. He's super fast. He's got the same kind of elements. I, I I'm pretty sure that's that's what's going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But we're going to get something definitely different if they do that because i don't know when the period of time is that they're gonna cat like have this movie set but the concept of him being a black man
1: who's the most powerful man on earth and he can't really when he is clark he can't necessarily reveal that and he's still dealing with racism as as a human being but then when he becomes superman everyone's like oh yeah i love that guy right and and
0: there might be there's gonna be obviously there's gonna be backlash against that too. Mm-hmm. even even him being the most powerful being, just the Superman aspect, there's gonna be racism against him as well, yeah. despite the fact that nobody can do anything about it because he is that. Mm-hmm. and that, that is that is so such an interesting, different story. You talked about, I don't know if it was two episodes ago about what if Magneto was black like, Yeah. What, what, what if that happened based on a tweet from I'm not sure who it was, but some like Xbox. Dude, Paris Lily, I think. Right, that's-, that's a neat idea. That wh- how different would Magneto be? Mm. How different would Eric be if if that you know if that was the case? That's the same thing with this Superman story. There's, uh, I think, my brother's favorite Superman story, if I'm not mistaken, is Superman doesn't crash land from Krypton into the United States. He crash lands into Russia during the Cold War.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that- is it Red Sun? I think that's what the story's called.
0: Yeah. yeah, I believe so.
1: And so that that
0: is what a what an interesting story. And he's still, again, the core characteristics are still there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So again, get it out of the way now. This is stupid. I don't want to hear this it anymore. It's dumb. I'm just kind of curious how they're going to deal with the rest of the universe when they potentially cast the Black Superman. That's what I'm cu- most curious about because I want a cohesive DCEU. That's the only thing that I'm kind of mm-hmm. – weary on like I, I really want them to just make it make a cohesive version just like the mcu you can or make it different but i want to see something connect that yeah. would be the goal
1: but yeah that's what i'm hoping for uh or hoping that we get from flashpoint like the flash flashpoint movie right you do the soft reboot you can keep on you know gal gadot as wonder woman you can keep on jason momoa as aquaman um and but you know we got a new superman or blah 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 so yeah, I no, hopefully, right. uh, hopefully it works itself out.
0: Right. Yep. And I think again, just to go back to the Snow White thing, stop complaining. It's it's who cares, man.
1: Complain about something that actually matters. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything. I'm, there's a lot of shit that matters. I just, I, like I caught myself in one of those situations where you're like, you know, one of the things, and there's so many things that my brain just stopped for a second. Yeah. They all combined together. And yeah, it's like, just it was like existential. death. Yes. <laughs> complain about death yeah that's right
0: but yeah yeah. no i think it's gonna be great i think that she's gonna be great i think she's gonna be great in west side story based on the how how well she's regarded it seems like it's gonna be pretty cool i think it'll be interesting the only one i'm worried about a little bit is mark webb because i just don't like amazing spider-man 2 I just think it's not the greatest, but I think that that's probably not his fault. And it's more studio meddling than anything else. So to, so to blame Mark Webb for that, because I really do love, five, love 500 Days of Summer. I don't know if you watched that, Jordan, Jordan, gordon Levin <laughs> no, Joe Gorlev? Uh, Joe yeah, Gorlev with the Zoe Deschanel?
1: I love that movie. That movie is awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Made me cry.
0: It is. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Variety reports, Red Army director Gabe Polsky will direct actor Nicolas Cage as an 1870s buffalo hunter in the film adaptation for author John Williams' best-selling novel Butcher's Crossing.
1: Nicolas Cage is in a movie every month, it feels like, these days. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Number two. As website The Hollywood Reporter notes, Jungle Cruise actor Jack Whitehall and the Descendants actor Shailene Woodley have both been cast in the movie comedy Robots, written by Borat screenwriter Anthony Hines.
1: Oh, OK. Seems like uh, good writers attached. Maybe it'll be good. I'm curious if that's connected to the Robots animated movie from like 2005 or whatever. That was, uh, was it DreamWorks? Um, maybe Fox wasn't Disney, answer for sure. Let me check.
0: I'm pretty sure it is not at all related to that in any capacity.
1: It's a Fox movie starring Ewan McGregor and Robin Williams and Mel Brooks and Amanda Bynes and Jennifer Coolidge and Halle Berry and Chris Wedge. Number three. As News Network BBC notes, Indiana Jones actor Harrison
0: Ford has injured his shoulder on set for Disney's upcoming Indiana Jones 5. Production will continue with the shooting of scenes devoid of the title character, while the team awaits Harrison Ford's recovery.
1: Harrison Ford's going to die on a set one day, and it's going to be really sad. Yee. Yeah.
0: Number four. As Variety reports, after long negotiations between Amazon and NBC Universal, the NBC streaming app Peacock finally launched on the Amazon Firestick
1: platform this past week. It wasn't on there already? Nope. What's with these streaming platforms launching their services not on everything? Stupid, man. Number five, according to
0: Deadline, comedian and creator of one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, Jerry Seinfeld, will write, direct, and star in a Netflix film called Unfrosted, which will chart the origins of Pop-Tarts based on his Pop-Tart-focused stand-up comedy
1: bit. Okay, (laughs) I honestly couldn't care less about this. I don't even like Pop Tarts all that much. Number six, as reported by Deadline, NBC's The Blacklist
0: creator John Bokenkamp has decided to step down from his post as showrunner after its eighth season. The Blacklist will continue into a renewed ninth season with actor James Spader headlining as Raymond Red Reddington.
1: Yeah, this might be a show that's just going on too long. Who knows?
0: Number seven. As Variety reports, Love and Monsters screenwriter Matthew Robinson has been hired on to write the Patty Jenkins-directed Star Wars Rogue Squadron film for Disney.
1: Okay, cool. I don't think Love and Monstered had uh, particularly great writing, but okay. Number eight. As noted by Variety, director Denis
0: Villeneuve's Dune film had its release date shifted once again, this time from an October 1st, 2021 planned release date to an October 22nd one instead. The Clint Eastwood-directed film Cry Macho will now launch on September 17th, while The Sopranos' prequel film... The Many Saints of Newark will premiere on Dune's previous October 1st release date. Oh, a lot of changes, a lot of moves. I can't wait for Dune. Number 9. As website Vulture explains, Creed 2 director Stephen Capel Jr. is set to direct the live action film Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which is set to follow the 1996 Transformers Beast Wars animated storyline.
1: Interesting. Okay. Okay.
0: Number 10. As Website Collider confirms, director Eli Roth's film adaptation of video game Borderlands starring actors Kate Blanchett, Jack Black, Kevin
1: Hart, and Jamie Lee Curtis has
0: wrapped production
1: in Hungary. Oh, what a great country Hungary is. It's beautiful. I've been to Budapest multiple times. Budapest, actually. And that concludes the montage. 52 montages later. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay, Adrian. What do you got for me? What do you have for me? What do you got for me? I got new releases for you, my friend. Ooh, ooh, exciting. For the 52nd week in a row I got new releases for you, partner. One whole year of new releases I've given to the uh, I've given to the audience. You know what I mean? That's that's 52 weeks of movies, baby. Did I get them all, right? No. Probably never. <laughs> however well not never
0: not never you got a lot of them right and i appreciate your time i appreciate you doing this i appreciate you looking at all the new releases you know charting out each day and what for me and the audience of course our listeners our listeners are the most important people in the world to us no
1: no they're not oh okay oh that's not that's not very nice i mean like some of the listeners might be okay ken is yeah okay you know what i mean Right, but uh, yeah, my brother is yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, yeah. Okay, one, one of my one of my best friends in the entire world is Eric. You know, he, he I'm know just saying we
0: don't have to specify. I'm just saying we don't have to specify. It's mm. it's. I mean, it's maybe not nice to
1: specify. My boy know? Corey is one of the most important people to me. You know,
0: it'd be kind of like having all your friends in a room and then pointing at your best friend and saying, "You're my best friend," and, <laughs> and then everyone else like looking around. You know, what I mean, that would be very awkward. So I'm I'm trying not to say that type of thing, Adrian. Let's just move on. Let's move on to the new releases.
1: Okay. This is for the week of June 28th to July 4th. And the uh, first movie coming out this week is coming out on Wednesday, June the 30th. It's a movie called prime time. This is a Netflix original Polish movie about a guy with his gun and two hostages. uh, Yeah. Yeah, indeed. America, the motion picture is up next. This is another Netflix original movie, and it's an animated movie covering all the stuff American school skip in history class, but not really. Okay. There's like werewolves and stuff. Oh yeah. Apparently. Um, Next up is uh, the day after Wednesday and that's Thursday, Canada day. No, July the first, got a few movies coming out this week and uh, this, sorry on that day. And the first one is mobile suit Gundam Hathaway. And this is a Netflix original anime movie set in the Gundam universe one of the yes. longest running franchises in Japan. And there's like a kajillion timelines. We talked about this uh, a few weeks back, I think. Um, right.
0: And uh, of course, um, uh, the Dark Knight Rises star Anne Hathaway uh, plays one of the Gundams. Yeah. yeah.
1: She plays every every single one of the Gundams. <laughs> yeah. Um, Audible is up next and it's another Netflix original movie. It's about a high school football player, deaf kid that deals with his friend's suicide, family, and just relationships in general, all while aiming to win the championship homecoming games of ah, football. Yes, Ruggers. Ruggers.
0: Mm-hmm. The, the, he's playing Ruggers. Is that correct? No, American football. Oh, he's not playing
1: ASOC? American. No, not ASOC. Just, dude. Maybe he's just playing sock? No. He definitely has a sock under his How about his bed, sock where? Under his bed.
0: What? It's a- it's a, it's a weird joke. comment. It's a masturbation joke. No, I get the joke. It's just odd. That's that's all I'm saying. Okay. He's in high school. No, I get it. No, I understand.
1: Dynasty Warriors is up next.
0: <laughs> I just don't need don't think it needed to be said. That's that's all it is. That's all I'm saying. Okay.
1: Dynasty Warriors are my last joke.
0: No, no, continue with the movies coming up. Come on.
1: Dynasty Warriors is the next movie coming in, and it's another Netflix original. This is based on the video game franchise of the same name. Really? Yeah. And it seems oh. like they're trying to be faithful to the source material. It's super over the top, crazy action with uh, these like main warriors just absolutely slaughtering like a vast amount of basic like foot soldiers and stuff. It seems kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Um, I always
0: found Dynasty Warriors as a game, like, you're playing this super-powered being that's like Sauron. Mm-hmm. You're, like, hitting people, and they're going flying across the screen. It's extravagant.
1: Yeah, it's really fun. I'm playing, a, like, a spin-off of it um called the Rule Warriors Age of Calamity on my Switch, like, here and there. Um, Right, and it's based on the Super Mario Brothers. No, based on The Legend of Zelda. It actually takes place as a prequel to, like, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, the game on Switch. And it's, yeah, same sort of thing. Like, you just run in and just absolutely muck up people. It's pretty fun. Hmm. Um, No Sudden Moves is the next movie coming out. And this was actually confirmed by uh, Rotten Tomatoes for me in an ad I saw. This is actually an HBO Max original. This is Steven Soderbergh's newest heist movie with a really great cast. The trailer for this movie also looks really damn good. Um, I hope – we get this on Crave because I don't know if this is one of those um, Warner Bros. deals where it's releasing in the theaters and on HBO Max on the same day, or if it's a, Just, a Justice League, like Zack Snyder's Justice League type situation where it's an HBO Max original movie. I couldn't find out. Mm, indeed, yeah, the cast is phenomenal. Yeah. Like David Arbor, Don Cheadle,
0: you got John Hamm, Benicio del Toro. Come on, can you do better than that? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, you can. You can cast Ray Liotta as well. Yeah. I also said No Sudden Moves. It's literally called No Sudden Move. Yeah, I know. Which is weird. I don't like that. Yeah, I was going to let you have that because you have problems with plurals. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't like that one bit, though. Weird choice. The next movies that are coming out are all coming out on Friday, July the 2nd. And the first one is a movie called Fear Street Part 1, 1994. This is a Netflix Ooh. original movie. This is the first. We of- talked about that. Yeah. This is the first of 3 horror movies coming out weekly on Netflix, all taking place years apart but connected in some way. I'm actually going to commit to watching these every single Friday and talking about that on the show. I'm going to I'm going to make that commitment because I'm curious about that. Unless this first one is just genuinely atrocious, I'm going to try to commit to that. Okay, sounds good. Sounds great even. The 8th night is the next movie coming out and this is a Netflix original movie and it's about a monk that hunts down an evil spirit. Hmm. Mm-hmm. this happens to be coming out on the fifth night actually yeah it's true it's true it's true the tomorrow war is up next and this is uh an amazon prime movie this is that chris pratt future war movie with like jk simmons and stuff it's another movie that i'm going to try to watch now i'm committing to watch two movies can i do it i'll try
0: i'll try Dawn is very interested in the tomorrow war i'm probably more likely to watch the tomorrow more tomorrow more tomorrow more more, and more than than Fear Street Part One, but we'll see. Maybe I can watch both as well, and then we can both
1: talk about them together. Yeah, this is a yeah that's Amazon Prime right. Video. I should clarify. I don't know if I said that, um, but it is coming to Amazon Prime Video exclusively. Next movie that's coming out is a movie called Sun Children, and this is actually confirmed by the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie, and it's about criminals that make their that make street kids do their dirty work. Oh, oh no! Yeah. Oh, no, indeed. The God Committee is up next, baby, and this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, Numbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is a video-on-demand movie, and it's about doctors that must choose who of three people get to have a heart um, because they all need heart transplants, and they have to decide within an hour. Oh, no. This just sounds like an episode of Grey's Anatomy, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. let us in is up next and this is confirmed by movie insider on the apple tv app this is a video on demand movie and it's about two 12 year old kids that set off on a little adventure in their tiny town to figure out what's causing the disappearances of some teens Hmm. Mm. long story short is the next movie coming out this is confirmed by movie insider the most reliable source on the internet numbers.com, and the trailer itself it's listed as video on demand. I couldn't find it as a pre-order on Apple TV, so maybe we can't get it here in Canada. But this is a rom-com about a dude that jumps forward a year in his life every few minutes. Oh, no. Yeah. So he's just like, I want to I make my time with my love c- count, but I can only count up to a few minutes, and then a year passes. Yikes. It's one of the lines in the movie. That's one of the lines.
0: So is he growing old, like real quick?
1: I think or is so. he just like, he's he's staying the same age? No, I think he's just like, like time, like a year passes and he ages, and same with his wife and everything like that. Like everything ages that year. He just doesn't know what happened in that year.
0: This kind of sounds like the premise, not really, I'm sure, but like uh, the Adam Sandler movie Click. A little bit. A little bit, actually. Because he, he just kind of skips over because he fast forwards his life thinking mm. that he could just, you know, yeah. jump into. The, the future thinking that you know this is boring right now let's let's fast forward that movie by the way click is 34 percent of rotten tomatoes i can't believe that i cried during that movie i love click i cried i think rotten tomatoes is wrong
1: on that one yeah 100 that's, that's uh it yeah, clicks a really good movie first date is the next movie on this list and this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet numbers.com. movie insider and the trailer as well and this is available everywhere apparently according to the trailer However, again, I couldn't find it on Apple TV, and this is about a kid who gets conned into buying a car so he can take a girl out on a date. But because he got this car, he's now targeted by criminals, cops, and cat ladies. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Where- Interesting. Well, the first date, of course, is airing on the fifth date in this particular case. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yep. You're right. You're right. Um, (laughs) It's a stupid comment. Anyway, continue. Werewolves within is up next and this is confirmed by the trailer. This is a video on demand movie. It actually had a limited theater release last week. Um, This is the Ubisoft produced movie about their game. That's kind of like secret Hitler slash um, among us is probably one of those big ones where, um, you know, like, Oh, one of the people in this town is a murderer and no one knows who it is. It's a comedy movie. The trailer actually makes this look really fun. And it's getting pretty good reviews. I think it's a, above an eighty on Rotten Tomatoes currently. So um, this this is another movie where I, I don't think I'm gonna watch it right away, but it's definitely something that intrigues me. I like these sort of murder mystery with supernatural elements and 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 just fun fun times. Movies that don't take themselves too seriously. I kind of like the like
0: Sam Richardson, like actor Sam Richardson from Beep. Mm-hmm. So I, I might I feel like He's a funny guy in, in most movies he's in. He's he's pretty good. I don't know if he's always in a, in a comedic role. This is, seems like more of a horror, but it seems like it's campy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Literally, it's considered
1: genre horror comedy. So,
0: yeah, it could be good.
1: Yeah. It could be a good film. Yeah. Apparently, Sam Richardson is also in the Tomorrow War, but he's not in any of the trailers. But like he's on like the cast list. Or at least if he is in the trailers, oh, yeah, I don't remember. I he is in the trailer. I don't remember seeing him. I'll be honest with you. I do recall him being there too. Yeah. I,
0: I was noticing that he's just been in a couple of trailers that have of movies that I've kind of been interested in. Like he so was in Promising Young was- Woman mm-hmm. as well, briefly. He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was the dude from The OC. What's that guy? That guy's name. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Which I I didn't know he was in that movie, and then he was in that bar scene. And I was like, whoa. I I don't remember that guy. Um,
1: you know what I am talking. I know you are talking guy about from Shazam. Yeah, I just don't know OC. his name. Uh, is it Adam Brody? Adam Brody. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. I just looked it up as you were saying that. Anyway, what's the next movie coming up? Um, the Forever Purge. Oh my god! it's th- this is confirmed by the ad and 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 Cineplex this is coming to theaters. This is this is the Purge, but but now it doesn't stop when when the day ends. Like when they're like, "Hey, the purge is now over." People just keep on going. Like actually, now screw it. We're gonna keep on killing people.
0: Yeah, that's what I figured would happen if the purge was
1: in existence. Yeah, like what? Like why wouldn't – like why would people just stop? I'm like, okay, cool, 24 hours, sweet. I guess yeah. the army, the army, you know. You imagine the army is taking part in this. Like they're like, oh, sweet, it's the purge. I'm just going to kill a bunch of people too. Uh,
0: I, I don't know enough about the purge. Me neither. Does that happen? In the Purge one, I've never watched
1: a single Purge movie. How many
0: Purge movies are there? I don't know. There's quite a
1: few, and then there was the Purge TV show, which I think was on net. Uh, sorry, Amazon. Oh boy, the Purge franchise. People really like the Purge. they they keep making these movies. Let's see, there are now five Purge movies with this one, plus the oh, TV show. Way less than I thought. Yeah, I thought they were at least at the Fast and Furious level of. Of movies. Well, I mean, you got to like the first one came out in 2013. So within, I guess, eight years, they've come out with five movies plus a TV show. It's quite a bit.
0: Yeah, that's fair. The TV okay, show, I think, was canceled. Coming out?
1: Um, the Boss Baby, Family Business. Uh, this is confirmed by Cineplex. This is coming to theaters. This is actually another one of those franchises where I'm like, how the hell is this still going on? Who the hell likes Boss Baby? There's a TV show as well. You really don't like Boss Baby, I eh? never watched it. I don't want to. It doesn't look good. Pisses me off.
0: Hold on. Isn't this only the second movie? Is it only the second movie? I think so, man. Like, you're... This is not The Purge. I love what you went from The Purge to this. This movie has... This is literally the sequel. (laughs) The only sequel. And you're like, how many are there? Why did they make these? I don't know. Well... There's a goddamn TV
1: show, Simon, okay? On Netflix. The first
0: one was made in 2017. And it was popular, and so they're making a second one.
1: I, I kind of rather watch Boss Baby than The Purge, to be honest. Oh, definitely not. I just want to. I'm always down to watch people killing each other. You know that about me. Anyways, so why isn't The Purge one of your like top movies of the week? Here, you should you should watch The Forever Purge. I can't go to the theater, Simon. Oh yeah, sorry. Maybe I'll watch the entire Purge franchise for next week and let you know, except for this most recent one. Okay, you do that. Yeah, you do that. I'm gonna make a commitment to watch now six movies next week. Oh my god, my headache is just getting worse. Oh, it's worse. It's worse than before. Did you take an anvil? Tylenol? An anvil? An, yeah, an anvil to the head. Did you take one of those? No. Did you take an Advil?
0: Like a Looney Tunes character? An anvil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You dig No. I'm looking up just to make sure there's nothing coming at me. Wiley's
1: not next door. No. Anyways, what's the next movie coming out? Come on. Summer of Soul is the final movie this week, and this is confirmed by the trailer and the most reliable source on the internet, m.theheavennumbers.com. This is coming to theaters, and I believe Hulu as well, because this is a Hulu original documentary. I don't know if you remember this, but this trailer was actually first shown off at the Oscars. And uh, it explores the Harlem Cultural Festival that took place over six weeks back in the summer of 1969. Cool. That's it. That's all, baby. That's all I got for you. Indeed.
0: Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Once again, you're welcome, man. That was quite a list of movies. Too many movies, I would argue. We were once along. Once along. My mind is broken. We were once again running a little long here. So. Let's uh, let's reach back into that mailbag for a moment here, shall we? <gasps> As mentioned at the top of our show, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And handsome Eric wrote into us once again, and he said, and just bear with me, I'm reading this verbatim, okay? Okay, Adrian? Sounds good, man. Okay, listener? Okay, man. They, the listeners don't sound like that. Come on. Okay, babe. If, if anything, you got to put on, on a New Zealand accent because, you know, our podcast is the second most listened to podcast. Oh, right,
1: New Zealand, we're the second most podcast in New Zealand,
0: crikey. <laughs> I swear we're losing viewers. I don't know why they're viewing. We're losing listeners in New Zealand with that, that attempt at an accent, Adrian. We're
1: still going to be number okay. two. Is that mm-hmm. so?
0: Is that so? Anyways, Eric, who calls himself handsome, he says, hey, guys. Moderate time listener, long time lover. That sentence, I appreciate the structure. Mm-hmm. Anyways, moving on. First off, yeah, Simon's an Aryan bastard, but I love you no matter what you look like. That's
1: nice. That's nice. Is it? You know, it doesn't matter how, what you look like, who you are on the outside. What matters is who you are on the inside. Hmm. Okay. Whatever. I, again, the context here is the problem. I don't think Second. your like ness your whiteness defines who you are, Simon. Just like Snow White. I'm glad. You're
0: just like Snow White. Oh, that's that's wow! Bringing it back, mm-hmm. that was that was clever. I appreciated that. Anyways, he continued. Second, the Batman Flashpoint new reboot thing of a jig. Thank fuck. Seriously, it boggles my mind that you guys openly say you like the Batman versus Superman and Justice League. BS. As a movie and TV podcast, I- I'm guessing he's saying bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit as a movie. Oh, we're bullshit. It could be Batman, Superman. I don't know. BS bullshit as a movie and TV podcast. Be at least open about bad television and movies. Wow. He's don't worry. I am. I am ready. Player
1: one's a bad movie. Don't worry. Continue.
0: Is that, is that the message you're, you're, you're taking? He's, he's throwing shade at us in a serious fashion here. And you're just going to throw shade back at me with the ready player one comment. Wow, Adrian! I thought we were we were we were reunited. I thought we, we. I thought take your time. I thought we were united on this front, and uh, I'm kind of disappointed in you. But he continues. Well, Eric's stupid. I mean, so. I'm. What Eric's
1: stupid, so it doesn't matter. Okay, that's not nice to say about this viewer, this listener. You mean? Okay, this listener. Yeah, I this know. Listener. I've known for many years. He doesn't, he doesn't like good
0: shit. This guy. He continued. He continued. I mean, I'm no saint. I like as above, so below, as a guilty pleasure. So please call your love for heinous movies just that. Don't say it's good when it was a massive train wreck. Also, glad you liked Sweet Tooth, Adrian. You definitely didn't take my. Hold up. I think he meant to be a little bit more aggressive here. Also, glad you liked Sweet Tooth, Adrian. You definitely didn't take my words right out of my dirty little slop mouth. But, but, but glad you're enjoying it. You guys have yet again encompassed my time. I am really looking forward to watching Mythic Quest based on how Simon has talked about it. You guys are doing a great job and I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to be a listener in these trying times. It's nice to hear a familiar voice in quotations. It takes me out of the mundane. Oh my God. It takes me out of the mundane for a hot second. It brings me to a point of contentment. I love you
1: guys more than
0: I love the sky. That's nice. I love you too, man. Signed, Eric. Handsome. C. Dot.
1: Um. Well, Simon, let's just uh, let's just start with it. Er- Eric's wrong about Batman v Superman. We know it. Everyone else knows it. Eric's in the wrong. Doesn't matter. Um. But yeah thanks that was true. that was a, wait oh i
0: just realized i think he was only angry about the batman versus superman thing should i go back and reread it but calmly for the second no minute? what
1: do you think no definitely the glad you like sweet tooth adrian you definitely didn't take my words right out of my dirty little slut mouth i think that fits for uh the angryness but what about the rest of it it's fine
0: who cares okay sounds good um batman versus superman is a good movie it's a great movie. Uh, so I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. I, I'm not sure why he would be this aggressive in his anger. And does he – I can't tell from this email. When he says the Batman Flashpoint new reboot thingamajig, thank fuck. And then he goes into saying that he is his mind is boggled by the fact that we like Batman for Superman. Is he saying that he likes – he enjoys the fact that Batman is going to be in Flashpoint I th- or is he – I think just he kind of lost his train of thought. No. I think he lost
1: his train of thought. No, no, honestly. man. No, it makes total sense. I think he's excited for it the makes, flashpoint. Hold on. Hold up. Hold total up. Total sense. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. You've got a headache, man. It's okay. It's understandable you don't get it. Because what I think that Eric's excited about is that the Flashpoint is going to reboot this universe, at least softly, and you know, take Batman v Superman and Justice League out of canon, which he does not like. So he's excited. For it to be rebooted. That's what I took from that. And I think I'm right. Um, I know Eric well. You think. See, this is the problem. I know. You're just creating
0: te- context based out of nothing. My context is I know him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Hmm. It would be nice if he could write this a little bit more cohesively. I think you might agree. Speaking
1: of cohesive writing, he actually added on to this uh, email <laughs> and wrote, P.S. Sorry, boys. Sent the last message too soon. Oh wow, Adrian. It sounded like your friend Eric has good taste in movies. Porco Rosso is an outstanding masterpiece.
0: Okay, calm stop for a second. You mentioned last episode that when we talked about Porco Rosso, that it's Eric's favorite movie.
1: Yeah. Continue. Exactly. Um, the way you talked about Luca really makes me want to check it out. And your voice crack at the end of the podcast didn't go unnoticed. Okay. I'm
0: Adrian's voice cracked um, pretty badly <laughs> last episode. It wasn't the greatest.
1: Okay, um, I see what you're doing, and I'm not a fan of it. Continue. <laughs> um, And Simon, 100%, Inside was amazing. I love Bo Burnham, and Inside made me want to be creative and make things and not be a lazy piece of shit. Okay, He's well, such an inspiring creator.
0: Again, let's deliver some context. Let's give our listeners some context. Yes, I agree with this. Inside... Inside is a Netflix a Netflix original movie that's created by Bo Burnham, the comedian, in his small apartment, exclusively. And it's like he shot the whole thing and edited it. Mm-hmm. We talked about it last week, and I yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I agree with. You. I watched it by the way. I didn't mention that, but I, I watched oh. it, and it is uh, absolutely amazing. It's oh okay, it's outstanding. It is. It is an outstanding masterpiece. I was inspired well, by like, it, as Eric yeah. mentions um but yeah i really loved it the music is just there's a few bangers in there man
0: yeah
1: few bangers and mash it's funny i was
0: tempted to say that but even with my headache i knew that was a terrible joke anyway continue
1: um anyways i digress love you guys eric handsome colonel colonel yeah what is that he literally wrote eric handsome colonel
0: what's a what's a colonel
1: I don't know. Like it's not spelled as in like a colonel. Colonel is that like a sex thing? A colonel? Kern-
0: oh? I don't know. I don't know. It's spelled C U R N A L. Are we naive? No, it's
1: de- no, it doesn't mean anything.
0: <laughs> is he meant to? Is he like he meant to write Colonel like C O L O N like? Or maybe he was trying
1: to write his name, which is Kerwin.
0: Because in a like in a position in the army type of scenario.
1: I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Colonel. Colonel. I can't wait to watch those trailers again when we go to the movie theaters. Colonel, Colonel, oh right, Cineplex. Yeah. So Adrian here is referencing
0: Cineplex. Oh my Odeon. God! <laughs> How the fact that when you go to a movie and you're you're watching the movie before you watch the movie, there's previews, but Cineplex has special previews uh, with little popcorn men called uh, I don't even know what they're called, but they're like popcorn men. They're an, like they're kind of humanoid, and one of them's name is Colonel Colonel because he's a Colonel. Get it? He's a colonel with a -A K-E-R-N-A-L, but he's also a colonel as in like a position in an army. Uh, Like uh, (laughs) C-O-L-O-N-E-L. Oh, man.
1: Good times. Anyway, thanks, Adrian. It's also colonel. You said A, like A-L. It's E-L. K-E-R-N-E-L. You said A-L. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I I said colonel. My my mistake. Uh, Look at me. Look at me making fun of him. Writing cur- that was a really bad spelling, Colonel with C. But anyways, maybe he's referencing the popcorn. Maybe he's a popcorn. Maybe he's saying Eric Handsome Colonel. He he is a popcorn. He's a popcorn. That's anyways. probably what he's saying. Anyways, yeah, we're we're really <laughs> going long for no reason here, Adrian. This is the fifty second episode. I don't know if we want to stop. Well, well, actually, I think I think last episode you promised that we would make this episode fifty two hours, didn't you? It's true. So we're gonna continue going. In in total silence, in total silence. Exactly. As soon as this, I just said in total silence.
1: Are you serious? You just talked. I literally just said in total silence. (laughs) You want to go
0: from total (laughs) silence silence now? Do you want to end it at least? And then they can. We're gonna
1: sign off
0: at the end of the fifty two hours. Obviously. So we're just gonna leave silence for fifty two hours. Yeah. Or sorry, not fifty two hours. Now we well, this is about fifty hours. Yeah. About fifty hours. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Now this is stupid. Thank you for listening to the 52nd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this
1: is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey, guys. After 52 weeks, I want you to know, Batman v Superman is still a good movie. Always has been, always will be. Thank you very much for listening for the past year. If you have been, thanks very much for jumping in at any moment at any time within this past year thank you for coming from the future and listening to us in, here in the past thank you take care and goodbye k e r
0: n e l is the correct spelling for colonel i know i literally corrected you k e r n e l yes yes i'm just i'm just saying i know
1: okay. cool Goodbye. Take care. Colonel, Colonel.
0: C-O-L-O-N-E-L.